They call you Cactus Jack. They call you Triple H. King of the Death Match. The WWF champion. The myth that lost an ear in Munich. A man that will go to any length to win. Barbed wire scars. C4 explosives. Blood, sweat, and tears. You've maimed, crippled, and injured men your entire career. Some say you shoot from the hip. You will lose this street fight. I say you just shoot your mouth off. Some say you can't be beat. I am the game. I say I've played this game before and won. I am Triple H. I am Cactus Jack. Some call me sick and sadistic. I am the sickest SOB. In the business, I call myself champion. the World Wrestling Federation champion. There will be no laughter, no, laughter. no regret, no regret, no remorse. And now, 1-800-COLLECT presents, live from New York's Madison Square Garden, the WWF Royal Rumble. Hello and welcome to episode number 64 of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm intern Alex, joined as always by... The one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. And Patrick, I'm starting to rethink of the day that we record these shows because it seems like everything happens as soon as we're done recording. All the news breaks out, and that's what happened this past week. It takes me a while to edit the show. I'm really lazy about it, so... We record typically on a Saturday or a Sunday, and I probably get it out Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. Uh, this time, it was really dated by the time it came out because there had been so much happen in the world of pro wrestling, Patrick, and and I guess, you know, we'll have another week of news that we miss coming up because who knows what's going to happen following the Royal Rumble. We're taping this on a Saturday, so we'll have to see what happens, but what do you have for us from the news desk in this week, the last week of January, well... The second to last week of January, 2018. Dun, dun, dun. Ladies and gentlemen, I hate to say I told you so, but yes, we have the return of the XFL. Well, you were right. He did go with that name, XFL. He did change the logo slightly. It's now red, white, and blue because America, of course. Uh, America and the XFL go, it's just like apple pie. It's America, bald eagles, apple pie, XFL. In that order. And so he's changed the logo. He had a big press conference on Thursday uh, around uh, 3 o'clock. It went on for a couple of hours, and he fielded questions from the media on a Facebook live stream. But he announced the return of the league in 2020. We have two years to get ready for this, Patrick. So, you know, mark your calendars now. That's right. Now, he's going it alone this time. He has no NBC co-ownership, unlike the first time. And he's taken out $100 million to start. Now, I'm not keen on what it takes to start a football league, but I imagine this is the initial investment because he's going to need more than $100 million uh, yeah. to pay all the salaries uh, for the players, which it's going to be an eight-team league. It's going to be a 10-week season. There's going to be two playoff games and then a championship game. So it's very similar to the original format, which also had eight teams. The difference is this time being he wants to shorten the game. Ironic that he wants to shorten the game of football. He's like, who wants to watch football for three hours? Well, guess what's three hours every Monday night, Patrick? <laughs> and guess what's going to be over three hours? It's going to be like six hours on Sunday. Yeah. Pro wrestling. The WWE. 
So apparently you can sit all day to watch wrestling. But football, no. Wrestling is more important. No one will sit around for that long, so he's going to speed up the game. This is a counterintuitive argument, though. He wants to speed up the game, but he also wants to make it safer. So how are you going to play faster and not play harder at the same time because you are you have less time to do it? So it's going to be tough. See, I this, the safer thing really bothers me because we talked about it and we've talked about it, and my whole thing is I want my no-rolls football back. Well, you're not getting that, Patrick. I'm like not. I told you, we were both sort of right about our predictions here because you said it would be called the XFL, and I said it would be back. Um, I didn't think it would be called the XFL, but I also said it's going to be devoid of anything that made the XFL get Gr- laughed at. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not good. Right. <laughs> I don't think the XFL, the original one, was good, but he he said no cheer, scantily clad cheerleader. I don't think he's even bringing cheerleaders back at all. He said they're not part of the game, um, so no, none of that. He said there will be no wrestlers involved with it, so unlike the original XFL game, I remember The Rock kicked it off. Yeah. So there will be no wrestler involvement. There will be no WWE involvement, so you won't even see JR calling a game or whatever. Yeah, so. no, this is completely uh, his own venture. Alpha the- Entertainment. He formed right. his own company. He formed his own company, yet the video package that rolled before the press conference and the press conference itself was shot with WWE production people. So he he's blurring the line already, and it will be interesting to see how the WWE stockholders as this progresses and gets closer to the date, how they feel about how it's being mixed in with his primary business. I think JR would be great to call games, personally. I think that that, was, that that would be a good fit for him outside of wrestling. We're so far out from this thing. Yeah. I mean, this is 2020. He doesn't know where the cities that host these teams are going to be. He doesn't know what size stadiums he's looking at. Chattanooga, man. Chattanooga needs a team, the Chattanooga Locomotive. Well, there was a team called the Locomotive. Okay. They're called the Locomotion. They were an all-female football they team. They were. I think they're still playing, actually, um, but they don't play at Finley. Finley would be a good venue for the XFL just because it used to host the uh, Division Two or FCS, as it's called now, Nas- National Championship game. So it's it's designed to be showcased on a large scale. And it, it has the capabilities of... Uh, television equipment to be set up to be able to televise the events it has the capabilities as well of the um they've got suites they've got yeah it's not too big so you're not gonna you don't have to worry about overfilling it to right make it's it look not gonna full. look it's not gonna look sad yeah on tv it's, even it's if it's the, halfway full it's the perfect size for a venture like the xfl He's going to have to find a home for it to be broadcast. That's his probably biggest obstacle, especially in today's crowded media market. I think ESPN will jump on it. But they already have a contract with the NFL to carry Monday night games. And now ESPN, I would say, would be a candidate. It's just how much money are they going to pay? How much can he get in rights fees? Because that's important, too. Where will, you know, can he get advertisers? Can he do this? Can he do that? We'll just have to wait and see. I mean, it's still right. two years out, but I imagine in his worst case scenario, he could just broadcast the games on the WWE network, you know, or one. I would be completely okay with that. I mean, just on that live stream, because yeah. all the other content is on demand. Right. So if you put that on the live stream once a week or whatever, it's not a big deal. 
I'd so, love to see the original XFL games on there. Well, you can go to YouTube and see a couple of them uh, are on YouTube and other, like Daily Motion, I think, has a few original XFL games if you want to relive the glory days. But now people can break out their old XFL merch and that black ball and everything. I'm yeah. sure if you go on eBay now, you can actually, the prices on all that stuff is probably skyrocket. You mean, it used to be you couldn't give it away. Well, that's now, the thing is, is for Christmas, I was going to get you an original XFL football wow but uh i almost bought one of those a long long time ago uh when they were actually still in stores and but the xfl had folded yeah and so they were on clearance and they were like you know a couple bucks and i was like i actually needed a football just to have around the house because i was still in like high school or something so uh i thought about buying it i didn't i regret it to this day yeah i do too i really want one and um when i got out there and started looking there were some that were pristine in boxes for like two and three hundred bucks and then there were some that were kind of i mean they were in boxes but they were kind of beat up that you can tell that the box had been opened and things like that and well, so the original xfl ball uh was slippery because it was black like yeah. that whatever black surface it had the players complained and they fumbled all the time because the ball got slippery super slippery when it was wet it wasn't like a regular football so what they did is they took sandpaper and sand. Yeah, they had to sand the balls down. Yeah. But um, speaking of Christmas, one of your gifts has finally arrived. Well, it's a so, uh, bubble wrap. It is. Thank it's you. in a little sleeve there. It is the complete series of Thunder and Paradise. Oh, thank you. Wow. This is uh, <laughs> this. I can't believe it takes up this many discs. It's, yes, it is the complete thirty-something episode. 30? They th- made like 30 episodes I think, of this I thing? I do believe so, of Thunder and Paradise. Thank you. So, uh, wow. Well, it, it took a while to get here. It took a while to get made. One one more of your gifts is being made. It's having to be hand-sewn, though, and so it's it's taking a little bit longer than I expected, but... It's okay. You know, I mean, I can... By the time it's here, I'll be done with all 35 episodes of Thunder and Paradise, so thank you. I actually... The first time I saw Thunder in Paradise, it was it was a TV movie version, I think, uh, and it was on video, and I remember renting it from my local video store, Video Park, which I'm still sad that they closed. They closed way before, like, movie. Blockbuster. And yeah, all that, yeah, yeah. This was, they closed, like, way before, you know, you didn't rent videos anymore, and I remember that. It's still one of the saddest days of my life is when Video Park closed, but uh, I remember renting the Thunder in Paradise VHS tape, and watching it so uh and then the show would air after nitro sometimes yeah. so uh yes thank you for terry belaya's fine fine work with uh brew baker brew yeah martin brew baker but he caught brew so, i remember uh, they had that uh there's like a tiki hut bar they would always hang out at yeah right off the beach how many episodes now uh 22 just 22, 22. okay so i was a full season yeah i can't believe they made 22 but so. You have all 22 episodes. There's one episode I definitely remember where they had to swim underwater and they had some sort of magical breathing bag that they could... That was the very first episode. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I think that was what was released on... The one that was really creepy for me is a couple of episodes in after that when they had to uh, go to this cannibalistic island and it shows Ming there and he's sitting there with all of these cannibalistic people and uh, it was really... The boat was really cool though. It was Boat like was badass. This was a mix between Knight Rider and Baywatch. Was basically 
yeah what they were going for it was a it was an awesome speedboat and uh for the longest time it still sat on uh, display at universal and i think they finally did away with it yeah i don't think many people are going to universal looking around being i like, want to find that boat though i'm sure that it's probably not in operation mainly cuz i don't think you could see out of it no you i mean it was very difficult to, but I think what they did is they took the tinning off the windows afterwards. Oh, okay. And so it did. Be, it was an actual those are real boat. boat. Yeah. yeah. So I just wish that it looked like it did on the the set. You know that that was the inside of the boat. It yeah. was like much bigger on the set than it was in in real life. But right. It looked like they were inside like the Starship Enterprise when they were inside this thing. They came out with a uh, a Windows ninety six, uh, ninety five was it Windows ninety five, uh, Thunder and Paradise video game. Wow, I might so. have to look that up on YouTube. Speaking of video games, while we're on that, I remembered what I wanted to bring up last week when we were talking about two K eighteen, and it's something that makes me so mad. It's so stupid. In last week's episode, we we had a brief segment talking about two K eighteen and some of the the latest DLC and the Hardy Boys and. Uh, the Rock and Roll Express and stuff. Here's what I wanted to bring up. This is what I forgot. Okay, now you, you're familiar with the Hell in a Cell match. Correct. Okay, now one of the biggest things about the Hell in a Cell is people constantly break out of this Hell in a Cell. They, they get thrown out. Sometimes yeah. they go out the door. Sometimes the door gets ripped off in yeah. real life. Well, these people at 2K took away the ability for most of the wrestlers to break through the cage. Is that why we were having problems? That, yes. That... You have to go turn it on for, like, almost all the wrestlers, including, and this is what pisses me off more, including Mick Foley. Every incarnation of Mick Foley, none of them have the cell-breaking-out ability. So you have to go and turn it on. It's ridiculous. The guy most known... For flying off the cell. For going, yes, through and off the cell cannot get out of the cell in the video game unless you go turn it on. And it's only in one specific part of the cage you can break out, which annoys me. There's no door. It pisses me off because in the prior games, like, basically everybody had that ability. Yeah. As far as I remember. It was just an OMG moment that everybody yeah. could do. But if, you, if you're going to take that away from certain wrestlers, and the people at 2K Sports seem to, they seem to know about wrestling. You know, they seem to have some sort of an idea. You know, they miss the mark in certain areas, but I do think they have an understanding of right. the company and the history and the highlights. But for whatever reason, of all the wrestlers to turn this ability off on, they turned it off on all three versions of Mick Foley. Yeah, and right. so I had to go in and turn it on. And then I had to go and turn it on for everybody else that I wanted. I don't think AJ has it. I don't think a lot of these people have it. So Kevin Owens probably doesn't. No. And and a lot it's the same thing with the barrier uh the barricade breaking ability. Yeah. Why would you that's just standard guys. Like anybody can do it. It's not Yeah, I understand that the big guys should be more prone to being able to. Yeah. But it doesn't happen like that. Right. Like small guys have broken through the barrier. Small guys have broken out of the cell. Well, not really. There haven't been any small guys in the cell, I guess. Shane breaks out of the cell, you know. He get he does it with bolt cutters though. He doesn't just Throw. He didn't just chuck Kevin Owens through the through the sides. Right. Yeah. Like. No, I agree. Uh, do you just go into the regular edit wrestlers or? 
Yeah, and then you have to go to their moveset. abilities, not their move set. I'll go to their abilities, and that's so. There you go, fans. That in, are in case, not yeah, sure. in case you're stuck in the cell. Yeah, that's what you have to do to fix it. Because I had to. Because we were having problems the last time. No, I know. I had I looked up a video of how to break out of the cell, and then I picked two wrestlers, and I couldn't do it. And then I was like, "Well, what the fuck is going?" on? I don't think Shane has the ability yeah. to break out. So I looked it up, and yeah, that I figured it out after many tries. So 2K, just leave that shit on for everybody. Yeah. Everybody wants that. Do That's, you ever have a wrestler and say, man, I really wish he couldn't do something? Yeah, exactly. That's 2K is dropping the ball on a few things. I mean, you know, where is Terry Bam Bam Gordy? That's all I got to say. And where is, yeah, a Thunder in Paradise game remake? That should be a mini game within. Oh, dude, that would be so badass for PlayStation 4. Yeah, they could. I'm sure the license is available. You and I could probably secure the Thunder in Paradise license. Yeah, a worthless piece of. I'm not saying Rockstar Games or something like that has to do it, but I'm saying even a, a B rated video game. Well, Rockstar still... and 2K, I think, are owned by the same company, actually. Take um, two, I think, is the same people. A B-rated video game would be. I mean, they even made a remake of a Rambo game. I mean, really. Sorry, I got us distracted here with Thunder no. in Paradise and video games, but we can move on in the news. Enzo Amore, real name Eric Arndt, Arndt. Enzo was accused of rape back in October, and the woman who accused him went to the police and filed a report against him in October. The investigation is still ongoing but decided to take her accusation public on Twitter. And you can go to Fightful.com and read the entire thing. And TMZ, both. she's actually gone public with her name. You can see that on TMZ. And she did an interview with TMZ, so you can actually hear the entire story uh, from start to finish on her side. So Monday, uh, Enzo was suspended. Uh, the WWE said they have zero tolerance for that kind of behavior. And so he's indefinitely suspended. But then on Tuesday, they turned around and released him. From what I read from Fightful and other news sources was that Enzo did not inform the company in October that he was under invest. You should probably have told the company. I think that's really why they went ahead and released him and not just kept him suspended. Because usually... Well, uh, with what happened with Rich Swan, Rich Swan, I mean, Jerry Lawler... Um, you don't want to jump to a conclusion. Well, you don't want to flat out just tell them either because that that's the end of your job. Well, it could be the end of your job. You're correct. But you've got a much better chance of keeping your job if you go forward. Even no matter what level of a public figure you are, even if you aren't a public figure, if you're accused of something that serious and you know that it's been taken to the police and that there's an investigation, not just that someone's... Yeah. Uh, you know, not that you're just being blindly accused, but there's an investi active investigation about yeah. you ongoing. You should take it to your employer. And that I'm not just saying that. I mean, I'm saying that even for like myself, like I work for a radio station in town. And even even if I got pulled over for like DUI, even if I hadn't gone to trial for it, I'm still going to probably tell my employer because it doesn't matter what level of a celebrity you are. You're also representing the company. Right. And the company, if I don't tell them and then they find out about it in the news, then yeah, it looks I'm indirectly lying to them basically. I'm trying it, it would appear as if I'm covering it up. Now maybe Enzo in his mind didn't think that this was serious enough or found or you know thought this is just foolish, you know, I I don't believe any of this, you know, so I'm just not going to tell. 
Also, he was at a stage in his career where he was getting really hot, too. So he probably thought, you know, I don't want to stop the momentum. Right. I mean, in hindsight, Tuesday afternoon, he was probably thinking, I probably should have went ahead and just told them. Because then at least you're suspended until it plays out. And then once it's played out, if you are an innocent man or woman, you can come back because you're exonerated. But that's like Vince. It came out yesterday that Vince McMahon has, uh, in 2016, had allegations. Or 2006. It was like a long time. Oh, 2006. I'm sorry. I thought it was two. Yeah, there were some accusations uh, against Vince McMahon um, where apparently the woman went to police and they didn't end up doing anything with her case or whatever. Because there wasn't any proof. But it conveniently comes out right after the XFL announcement, too. So it seems, you know, I'm not defending Vince's honor because I think Vince is not the, the high of highest honors because, I mean, yeah. he is a, he is P.T. Barnum, you know, yeah. he is... He's a carny, and um, it does give you a level of, well, you know, what does this person have to gain? Oh, he just he just announced a launch. He's launching a football league, and she comes, and this is brought back to light. Yeah, you know? literally it's brought back to light just days after. The day of, I think. I saw it the day of. I oh, think. really? Yeah. So it's, I mean. It's opportunist, yeah. Yeah. We're off that now. We're we're done with that. Uh yeah, and it's a it's a sad end to Enzo's career, which he uh, I, I he was really, certainly a gifted, not an in ring performer. God, man, he was so good on the mic. A gifted, yeah, very gifted on the microphone. I mean, the guy had a microphone tattooed on his hand to tell you that he was the gift of uh, Gab. You know, he. Yeah. So it's very unfortunate for him. It's very unfortunate. It's also very unfortunate for the two hundred five live division, which. Uh, Monday night, I read it, that it was rumored that Vince thought about just ending the entire 205 Live it, division. It needs after to be. It needs to be. <laughs> well, instead, they're going to go with a new GM uh, next week. And the title has been vacated, so we're going to find out what happens with that. But the match, there's no match scheduled for SummerSlam. I'm not saying they can't throw something together, but it won't be a title match. The rumors the rumors for the new GM could quite possibly be Summer Rae, I heard. No, Summer Rae was considered originally when they launched the show. Right. But they found, according to Dave Meltzer, they didn't like Summer Rae because she was taller than most of the competitors. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. That is so stupid, but whatever. But uh, I heard her name brought back up for the new GM. They will not. I don't, see she, I don't see her coming I'm back. sorry. I'll put it bluntly. Summer Rae has nothing to offer. No. This business. No. Not, what, not whatsoever. Just like Eva Marie. They're beautiful women, and they have, they're good at something, but it's not pro wrestling. I'm yeah. sorry. And so, no, it could be anybody, you know, who knows what direction. Yeah, but it's unfortunate for all those competitors. Um, it's unfortunate for Enzo. And hopefully, it all gets cleared up. It was all a big misunderstanding. Regardless of the outcome of his case, I don't see him ever coming back because, like I said before, he had some backstage issues already well, leading into this. And yeah, but even then, I mean, that hadn't impeded his progress, you know. No. I mean, they had still put a lot behind him. Right. But I'm just saying this isn't the first time he has been put in a negative light. So I don't see him making a return. When I don't see him making a return because, like I said, he he allegedly he did not tell them about this investigation. Right. And you can't do that. And any, I mean, 
pretty much in any line of work. If I was under a rape investigation, even if I worked at a warehouse, I probably would need to tell my boss. Yeah. Or risk the consequences. And he rolled the dice and he lost. So, so um, we'll never get to see the conclusion of the Big Cass Enzo feud. Speaking of Big Cass, he is. Uh, Carmella and Big Cass broke up. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, but, they broke uh, up, even though a few months ago, right after he got injured, they I remember seeing a uh, tweet from her about they bought a house together or they were yeah. moving in together. But as soon as that happened, Splitsville. So Carmella now single and uh, Big Cass single and healing from his uh, ankle injury. Well, I heard he was back at the uh, Performance Center slowly uh, doing some workouts and things like that. So... Or no, he's he was healing from a torn ACL. Sorry, I forgot that it was the knee. Um, so, um, so he could be. I mean, I don't think he'll make it to the Rumble this Sunday, but I mean, he, he might be ready for WrestleMania. Yeah, he he might be ready for Andre Battle Royal. That's definitely a spot they could put him in where he wouldn't have to do a lot of work. Right. I, to be honest with you, I'm kind of tired of the Andre the Giant Battle Royal because it does nothing for the people that win it. It not a damn thing. <laughs> it really does. I mean. It hasn't. Look at the list. Cesaro, Big Show, yeah. and um, Mojo Raleigh are yeah. your three winners. Well, and now we, we've also had uh, uh, the Lone Wolf, Baron Corbin, won it. He did? He oh, did. there's been four of these things already? Well, is at WrestleMania 30, and we're now going into WrestleMania 35. The Cesaro won it at WrestleMania 30, yeah. Correct. Okay. Yeah. I forgot. See, I've completely forgotten about him even winning it. So, uh, yeah. It just does so, nothing for her, anybody. No, it doesn't. So why even attach it to Andre at all? Like, it doesn't. I mean, I guess they need to keep this going until that uh, Andre thing comes out on HBO, and then they can drop it. This is to keep Andre in your mind at all times. Just uh, remind I think, you. I think being the you know the eighth wonder of the world, he uh, he's always going to be in the history of professional wrestling and in your oh mind. well he's of all their alumni of all their historical acts or whatever he's the one that always is held highest even though oh i agree and he deserves to be even right. even in the territory days it was you brought in the champion and you brought in andre that was the one thing that people if you wanted to pack out your your show that night in the territory days that's what you did and so he's the last tie to the carney the actual carney days of wrestling because you'd have you know circus i hate to put it this way but circus freak you know he was a a special attraction yeah so they and it's never it's never going to be like that again so i think that's another reason he's held in such mystique but that battle royal can right off i'm so tired of that thing the trophy i do like the trophy it's cool but it has no purpose no the meaning of winning it means nothing but the trophy just itself that stands you know the the basis of the trophy itself it's it's awesome it's a cool however trophy. however the uh the plaque that vince got for wrestlemania 25 which or me for uh raw 25 was complete shit but uh oh, well we'll get on that here in a second the uh, the steroid dealer who has been jailed is now saying that he can provide evidence that Roman Reigns was one of his uh, buyers, and so 
I don't know the uh, the details behind this. I don't know if they're actually going to look more into this or if it's just he's trying to buy himself a plea deal or something along those lines. But uh, if he can provide legitimacy and evidence as proof, then uh, Roman might be in some, some pretty big trouble here. And I- WWE might be because, you know, for... The wellness policy. The wellness policy for the drug testing and all that. He should have, I mean, very quickly when this come out, he should have been like, hey, we need you to come and and take a test. Well, I think that was another part of the Enzo situation they were upset about is that the story of what happened in Enzo's encounter involved a big bag of cocaine or whatever. So they probably didn't like being seen. The company does not like being seen in the light of Drug culture. They don't like being associated with drug culture. Now, as far as the accusations against Roman Reigns, there's nothing, nothing will come of this. Um, the company is not going to take action against Roman Reigns independently of actual charges being brought against Roman Reigns. If that's the case, then yes, you may see him get suspended until it's resolved. But uh, as I mentioned on the last podcast, TMZ already reported that the DEA is only interested in alleged drug dealer they're not interested in the buyers which also includes some other celebrities like uh mark Wahlberg. right so which i can believe mark Wahlberg because dude he is jacked yeah but he's always been i mean even as marky mark back in the day he was right i mean he's what john cena is based off of really yeah you never knew that no yeah so marky mark was mark Wahlberg's rapping name in the early 90s right John Cena and him sort of do share sort of a resemblance. and They do. And so that's, I mean, I'm sure more people would associate the rapping John Cena with Vanilla Ice, but it was actually, I'm sure, inspired more by Marky Mark. See, I figured it was more, he, he's always been more aligned with Sting without the face paint. Well, as far as being a white meat baby's face, yeah, I mean, Cena is... Yeah. This version, today's version of Cena, is a lot like Sting. Heel turning face, you know, so good at being a heel turned face, John Cena, you know. Doctor of Thugonomics, I think, was totally Marky Mark. So, in a weird way, there's a wrestling connection there with uh, Marky Mark. It's now time to break down Raw 25. Well, there's not much to break down because, Patrick, it was awful. And I didn't watch the whole thing. I couldn't. I couldn't sit through it. It was, it was terrible. John it- Cena. By uh, the Drifter. The Drifter. Elias, yes. That is, well, with Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe is injured. Uh, but that the direction they were going with Cena for maybe not WrestleMania, but the pay-per-view after the Rumble was definitely looking like Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe's injured, and so now they've replaced Joe with Elias because Elias had a match with Cena a few weeks ago on Raw that um, a lot of people thought was good. I did not think it was that great. I thought Cena did all... No, it's true. Cena did all the work in the match because Elias is not a very good wrestler. Uh, But anyway, that's the direction they're going with Cena. But of all the things that happened on the show, that's really the least of my problems. It's just how much talent they wasted, how many people they brought back. Here it is. You have this great thing for uh, Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yeah, yeah. They wasted that. Yeah, they had the host of The Tonight Show... Imagine if when Jay Leno came into WCW, if he just sat ringside one night and they just said, oh, there's Jay Leno, and that was his involvement. Yeah, in no, show. we actually, I mean, we ended up having 
you know, somebody sell an arm lock to him or Hogan selling a wrist lock. We to had Jay him. Leno so, in mean, a match. Yeah. yeah. At a pay per view. He sold. He made you some money. I literally would have had Fallon get in the ring. Elias pick him up. Doesn't slam him. Just pick him up. Seeing his music hits. Elias puts him down. Place goes absolutely nuts. Yeah, you could have done something. Like Cena that. save him. You know, that would have been awesome. There, there was, they really dropped the ball. Well, it's not just with Jimmy Fallon. I, I mean. I love the start off. I oh, thought the opening segment should have been the last segment. With with uh, Austin coming out there and, and Shane getting stunned and Vince getting stunned. I, I love the whole opening segment. I found the Undertaker segment to be a little bit weird. It was stupid. It, made, it was a waste. I of, didn't know if it was a. I took it as a retirement speech. That's what I took it as. True or not, I don't know. <laughs> no, because he never lets you know. And so, he never just comes out and says what he needs to say. And so, yeah. It's always monologued. I'll, I'll include The Undertaker's promo here, and you can try to interpret it yourself. 25 years ago, I've taken legends and ripped them off their pedestals and thrown them in the cold, dark, Earth. Stone Cold answered to the Reaper. Mick Foley answered to the Reaper. Even my own flesh and blood. Cain had to answer to the Reaper. They all tried. They all failed. And now, on this sacred ground, I declare for all of those who have fallen, it is truly time. You rest in peace. No, and also, what was funny about it, okay, so I'm under the impression that what actually retired in Orlando was his hat, his jacket, and his gloves, because all those were missing. He was in now a yeah. robe. He had no gloves, which was weird to see. He hadn't wrestled without gloves on ever, I think. I mean, yeah. even going back to the purple glove days and the yeah. gray gloves. So he's out there. The lights didn't even go off, so he's lost all his superpowers. And he just cuts his promo, and I don't think he even went... I think he wore the hood because he didn't even dye his hair black. This is very confusing. And it yeah. was in the Manhattan Center. And I feel terrible for everybody in the Manhattan Center. because Oh, yeah, because you paid twice, if not three times as much to be a part of the original you know, venue of Raw. Because you thought it was going to be special. And you got fucking screwed. Yeah. I mean. Frank, Frank the Clown, who's one of these guys you see show up every week next to. 
he was sitting next to Brock Lesnar guy, you know, the guy in the stupid yeah. affliction shirt. They were there. Well, Frank the Clown is also at this is dating Noel Foley. So I think that was just for the show. He's that's not. I don't think that's anyway. He's a super fan. Yeah. He and all those other people there. He tweeted out that he paid over eight hundred something dollars for his ticket. Can you imagine Patrick paying that much money and seeing what they got to see, which was basically nothing? So they wasted Jr. and and Lawler because they had nothing to do. In fact, there was a picture of them sleeping, which they denied they fell asleep there, but had nothing to do. What else do you want them to do? Yeah. They wasted a lot of people in those backstage segments with the APA playing poker. They brought oh man, they wasted a shit ton of people with that. They brought back all these GMs, including Eric Bischoff, to just walk out and stand there and raise their hands. Oh, see, I would have loved to have had a segment with Bischoff. I would have loved him to come out and say, we should be standing here at Nitro 23, celebrating 23 years of WCW Nitro. And Vince do something. We didn't even get Bret Hart. Well, Bret Hart uh, had surgery on his hand, and that's why he couldn't be there. But look, after watching the show, they're all probably thankful. Kevin Nash couldn't be there because of surgery. Yeah. They're all probably very thankful they were not here in this clusterfuck of a show. Superstars Wrestling that we did in Rome, Georgia at the Forum a couple years ago. And we had the uh, the Bullet Club come in and be a part of, part of the Bullet Club. So we had, uh, and we had Scott Hall and X-Pac. And uh, there's a great picture of them doing the, uh, the click pose. Uh, the uh, just like they did at um, at Raw 25, and it, it's a very it's a cool thing because it's an identical side to side. However, though, I hated that game. I hated that segment. I hated that segment because it was nothing more but sending the uh, sending the revival, sending them out there just to get slaughtered. That's all it was. No, it was really bad because I I really liked the revival. There were much. From what I read, Enzo was actually penciled in for that segment. He was going to be the one that got slaughtered by DX and yeah. the Bullet Club. Or the Balor Club, excuse me. So, yeah, that was... But that was one of the segments at the Manhattan Center. A big yeah. waste of time. Yeah. Bray beats Matt Hardy clean in the Manhattan Center in Oh, like that ruins minutes. every fucking momentum Woken Matt Hardy had going, in my opinion. Well, it just ruins the... This story, I thought, was going to build to a pay-per-view match. There's no need to see the match now. We've seen it. Yeah. See, you had Jeff backstage at the... Uh... Well, he came He came back to the Manhattan Center at the end of the night. Those se- he Because he was in the poker segment. Right. At the Barclays Center. And yeah. then was... I th- So those must have been pre-taped. Because, yeah, he was backstage at the Manhattan Center. And came out during the break as Brother Nero to revive Woken Matt Hardy after his... Big defeat. Why the hell would you not have him come out? And Why wouldn't interfere? you show that? I just have him interfere. So you don't have a clean finish. So you can build up still to that that rivalry. You have a clean finish. So in my opinion, that rivalry's gone. It's dead. It's finished. We yeah. got. I mean, he beat him yeah. right then and there. So, but just the amount of talent that was wasted when they did the women's segment and had all these stars from the past come out and. You know, they gush all day long. Trish Stratus, Trish this. She's the best. She was, oh, a groundbreaker. Revolutionized the entire world. What does she do? She comes out and waves. Yeah. See you later. Thanks for coming by. Your big return. You hadn't been around since, what, WrestleMania 27? Yeah. So they just, they. Then you had, uh, I mean, no Lita. 
I think we might see her tomorrow night in the Royal Rumble, but she was on the, uh, she tweeted out a funny picture because everyone in the Manhattan Center got the collectible chair because yeah. they paid so much. They all got their chair. And her face was on it, <laughs> even though she wasn't on the show. Yeah. So she was like, well, I wasn't good enough for the show, but I made the chair. It turned out exactly like I thought it would, what my fears were about it. Uh, going into it, which we discussed, which was just like, how do you even book this show with this many people? And uh, it turns out you can't because you don't know what you're doing. And they did zero promotion of the Royal Rumble as far as that match. Yeah. You know, heading into the Royal Rumble, they only have 14 confirmed male superstars in the Rumble. And Roman Reigns had to announce it on Twitter that he there's was- There's 12, if I counted correctly, only 12 of the women confirmed for the women's Royal Rumble. So I see a Molly Holly. I'm really I'm just not I'm not sure. I mean you're gonna you're gonna see a few returns, but I I wanna see Bob Backlund in the Rumble this year. Uh no. As we'll review on Royal Rumble two thousand, I think he needs to stay That's my far, pick. far away. That is my pick for to win our, our review here. Yeah. But uh we'll get in that in just a second. But I just Raw twenty five was very, very bad. It was. There was um And they it was their highest number since twenty fifteen. It was their highest number in almost three years. They and dropped the ball so bad. Yeah, an average of four and a half million viewers. They usually do around three. So a million and a half extra people tuned in, and that's what you gave them. People that had, you know, probably lost track of the product, but heard, oh, this is gonna be one of those special shows. I need to tune in and maybe I'll stick around and watch, you know, week to week. No, you lot those people are not coming back no. after seeing that. It just, uh, I really can't put the disappointment into words. It was that bad. When Raw is bad, we don't talk, you know. I'm yeah. not going to even mention it. Oh, I can just mention in passing Raw was terrible this week. But this one, I do, we need to make a point. Well, see, say, that's, that's the thing is I, I love Scott. Scott's a good friend of mine, Scott Hall. He wasn't even that good on this show. All the, he threw a toothpick. <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking. And he said, this show is just too sweet. That yeah. You didn't even get uh I mean, you didn't. I wanted to see, hell, have him throw a discus punch like he used to. Something. You had Waltman hit a fucking X Factor. You could have had him do something. Just something. Instead of just throwing the toothpick. If you break it down, you got maybe 35 minutes at the Manhattan Center and the rest was at yes. the Barclays. Oh, that's. I think you're being generous. And I'm sitting there going, what? the whole thing should have been at the Manhattan Center. I don't know about the whole thing, but more at least. I would have broke it up to an hour and a half and split it half and half. Or two hours and then one at the Barclay Center. Something instead of just like three segments. The Barclay Center got the IC title change with Roman Reigns and The Miz. And they got Austin That's and the only thing I actually really enjoyed because Miz, Miz did a wonderful job in that match. Oh, it was. Uh, I really enjoyed. That was a great match. That it would have been even better in the Manhattan Center because that crowd would have been super hot for Miz. Yeah, love. I loved the finish with the exposed buckle that you know the camera didn't pick him up. Right. All of a sudden, up. it was just like, wait, what the hell? How did that happen? And so, yeah, I loved that finish. But that I was loved- all at the Barclays Center for people that paid thirty dollars. Yeah. You with eight hundred dollars? No, fuck you. You don't get shit. Yeah. To me, I've learned my lesson though because the next time when. SmackDown's coming up on episode 1000. Uh, SmackDown's coming up on 20 years. When they when they try to do this again in a year or two, I, I'm, I know. I know better than to fall for it, you know. Yeah. 
because I know that this is what they're going to do. If this is what you're going to do, then fuck off, you know? We've already said more about Raw 25 than Raw 25 said about Raw 25. Yes. That opening video montage, too, I hate that Fallout Boy song. Fuck right off with it. Oh, that's all I got from news, man. That's uh, that's it. We're going to go into one of the most underrated Royal Rumbles of all time. This is my pick this week, Royal Rumble 2000. Your headline for the World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Championship is none other than my favorite Mick Foley match. And this is over Hell in a Cell, ladies and gentlemen. I just, I love this match. I absolutely love this match. And so the fact that we're getting to finally cover it is uh, ecstatic for me. Well, you say this Rumble is underrated, but I think the actual Rumble match is deserving of being underrated. In fact, I think the Rumble match on this show, quite frankly, sucks. Well, I'm, t- yeah. And the, the undercard, though, I feel like was what made it seem kind of underrated that it's it's actually a pretty good undercard. It's actually a pretty good show. It's a pretty good show until you hit the rumble. And then you're like, ooh, that that was... With Austin being injured, with Undertaker being injured, uh, this is before the Radicals made their debut. You're kind of short on stars. So, And the same thing goes for WrestleMania 2000, which I think is one of the worst WrestleManias. Also with a McMahon in every corner. Yeah. Just, uh, you know... I think that was stupid. It's January 23rd, the year 2000. The new millennium, which technically didn't start till 2001. So Y2K did not hit. We were, we're all, Y2J did hit, but yes. Y2K did not. We're, we're off the heels of what was going to be the, the end of the world. The end of the world. We, this, I was actually nervous. I, I was swear. too. I remember as a kid thinking. I'm not even like a prepper or, you know, a doomsday guy. I didn't think the Mayan calendar was going to tick down. I don't think asteroids are heading towards us. They probably are, but years later. But I'm not one of these disaster people. But for whatever reason, the year 2000, I remember ABC had a special countdown where it was like all day long. Yeah. It was, it, there, yeah. It was called like ABC 2000. And so they would go around the world, and everything was going off fine. But for some reason, I thought that, you know, America, Eastern Time, Midnight is when, is that's the real time. The computer, I mean, we're going to lose electronics. The yeah. computer system's going to completely shut down. Satellites are going to blow up. My neighbor was a friend of mine, and her mom uh, kind of did believe in this stuff, but not, I mean, she wasn't like a hardcore prepper. They didn't have like a bomb shelter in their backyard, but she filled up her bathtub full of water just in case because... You know, the water's going to shut off. Yeah. And she convinced me, and I got my mom. I think we filled up our bathtub, too, just in case, so we'd have some water. Yeah. You know, when all this goes down at midnight Eastern time, because, like I said, America time is the only time that matters. I remember watching this, and it was so cool because, you know, this only happens every thousand years. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, you're watching the celebration, and so you've got over in Japan and China the whole you know, celebration they do every thousand years, the the whole historical fact of it. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, wow, this is so cool. And as a kid at at 10 years old, I'm like, wow, this is is pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. As we're going into it more, though, we're, um, you know, you're getting closer to the countdown of, you know, watching the ball drop, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, I might not be here in like 30 (laughs) You're watching the seconds on your life. Yeah, I'm like... Shit, we're gonna blow up! Like I start really start. I started getting nervous as a kid, and so 
And uh, my mom's like, it's going to be fine. Don't worry. You know. And I remember I, they sold like software at like, um, you know, Walmart and stuff like Y2K fix for your computer or whatever. This will fix it. This will save your computer or whatever. Like all those companies must have made a shitload of money. Oh, yeah. And their product didn't do anything. Cause yeah. It didn't, it didn't make a difference. And so, you know, I'm, and what, you know what upset me the most was I was not going to see this rum. This Royal Rumble. Right, yeah. You were not going to see Cactus Jack return. Exactly. And so I was very very upset. I was worried. Luckily, nothing happened. And we are still here. This pay-per-view took place. We're now here to be able to review it. 18 years later, we're still fine. Yeah. Everything's okay. It's January 23rd, 2000, in front of 19,231 people. At Madison Square Garden, that's right. They would go there quite often around this time. They don't really go there that much anymore uh, to the actual garden. The Manhattan Center being uh, nearby, but not the actual. They don't do MSG a lot. They do house shows, uh, but they don't do TV there a lot or pay-per-views. Not anymore. The tagline is, the road to WrestleMania begins. Not quite original. Uh, That's what they say every year. And it's sponsored by 1-800-COLLECT. The only way to save, Patrick. We start with an opening video montage. They call you Triple H. Well, they call you Cactus Jack. Oh, I'm a badass. I'm a badass, too. I'm in street fights. I've been in Japan. I've got blood. Well, I'm Lost a champion. Lost Yeah. Well, I'm a champion. Well, I'm, I'm Mick Foley, and that's pretty much it. Nothing oh. in this promo about the actual Rumble match. No. I love the buildup to this, this, uh, this match, and I'll cover that as we get to the match, but... Um... Yeah, thankfully, they included a nice promo recap before the match to let you know how we got here. Involves the McMahon-Helmsley era on Raw, where they would have their faces imposed next to the Titantron to let you know they were running the show. JR welcomes us. The atmosphere is electrifying, which sounds painful. I don't want the atmosphere to be electrifying. I just want it to be normal so that I don't get shocked. Of course, JR and King on the call... I miss the days of two-man commentary teams. Maybe one day we can get back to that. Yeah, Booker T and uh, Cole. <sighs> Not Booker T. <laughs> he has reverted into the old Booker T. And five, five times. Now on Raw, there's always one Booker T line that the other two definitely call him out on. Like It was either Raw 25 or the week before. he There was a tag team out there, and Booker said, I always preferred being a solo wrestler, you know, doing it on my own. And Corey Graves and Cole immediately stop him and are like, what was Harlem Heat? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he's like, I don't do factions. Booker T every week. And it's sad because when he first regained his job as a color commentator, I actually thought he was doing good at first. Yeah. I was glad to have him back because I was like, this is not who I'm used to. But then he reverted back to the old I miss Booker King. Thing. I miss King on a weekly basis. Kurt Angle, your Olympic gold medalist, he'll be jerking the curtain tonight against an unnamed opponent, which the crowd already knows who it is. He is undefeated. He is undefeated. Howard Finkel is our announcer. Angle gets the mic and cuts a promo on the New York crowd and says, look, I'll be your champion tonight because I know that Patrick Ewing and the Knicks will never get a championship. And He was so right. Yes, in the year 2018, (laughs) he is still correct. He could still use this promo today about whoever the Knicks star is because they have not won anything. 
yes. since I can remember. Currently, Patrick is the the other Patrick. Patrick Ewing is the coach of the Georgetown Hoyas, so he is a college basketball coach. You're, uh, yeah, I forgot. And he is he uh, he's almost unrecognizable now because he has gained quite a bit of weight yeah. and doesn't look like the Patrick Ewing that was on NBA. It's like Magic Johnson, man. Magic Johnson, he he looks nothing like he used to when he played because he's gained weight and stuff. Kurt says, "Come on out here and give it your all, mystery opponent." So Taz is, uh, as they have rebranded him with two Z's, you know, because they have to trademark it. They have to make it their own WWE version of Taz. So they added a Z. He comes out to chance of Taz because this was. The internet, you know, everyone knew he was coming. I mean, at that ECW show we reviewed, he basically tells everybody he's coming to the WWE. And so this was out. Everyone knew it was him. He comes out, and I I noted when he came out, he already didn't look like he was in great shape. And this is his debut match, and he's already... Oh, this is the highest highs in his career. uh, I was going to mention that at the end of his match. Isn't it sad that your debut is the highest mountain you'll attain. Yeah. you. This is it. He won the tag titles a couple years later with uh, Spike Dudley, and that was it. ECW chants break out when they see Taz. He tries a vertical suplex on Angle on the concrete. Kurt ends up doing it to Taz instead. They get back in the ring. Angle hits a belly-to-belly on Taz. Angle gets crotched on the top turnbuckle, and Taz belly-to-bellies him off the top turnbuckle, a super belly-to-belly, if you will. One, two, three... The match is over. Wait, no, it's not. Angle got a foot on the ropes. He's protective of his streak. Right. He inside cradles Taz, but Taz kicks out at two. A German suplex to Taz with a ugly bridge from Kurt for a two count. He tries an Olympic slam, but gets two nasty suplexes from Taz instead. And Taz hits sort of an Olympic slam on Angle. Then we get the Taz mission, which Lawler... Is convinced is an illegal chokehold. Well, the Tata Hajimane is uh is is apparently too difficult for for Jr. and King to say, so they rebranded it. The uh, well, they the just Taz said mission. as well. I mean, they didn't even call it the Taz mission here. They just said some sort of choke. Yeah, some sort of a, sleeper, a modified sleeper, and he's choking him out. He's choking him out. And Angle, guess what? He goes to sleep. Taz is the winner. And as we mentioned, this is Taz's biggest WWE moment in his debut. Oh, the highest of his career. They bring out the stretcher for Kurt Angle. They give him some oxygen and wheel him away. And what did you think of this uh, debut here for Taz? I enjoyed this match. It was a good quick start off. I I thought it was a good spot for Taz. Really? It was a great matchup in theory. Yes. Because you've got the guys that do suplexes. Yeah. You got two of the wrestling machines going head to head against each other. I think they should have given Taz a little bit more, shown a little bit more of his range as yeah. a performer in ring on this match. But it was a quick match, though. Yeah, it's a lot quicker than I expected it. It was be. a. I don't think I've ever actually watched this match, but it's. I just wish that he could have shown his versatility, shown a few different. A few different suplexes, maybe a T-bone, a, uh, some of his striking. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it was what it was. It, it was a fine opening match because I mean, the crowd had. There were still plenty of great matches to come. So for an opening match for a debut, I mean, it's a big win. 
It gets him. It immediately puts him in the you know in the main, not in the main event picture, but it elevates Taz quite a bit to say this guy just walks he's a, in. He's a game player, you know. He just beat an Olympic gold medalist yeah. at wrestling. Yeah, and he just. I mean, here's this guy who's undefeated, and he just broke that streak. He's been undefeated since Survivor Series. We go backstage, and 2000s era Michael Cole with his hair parted down the middle is with the Hardys and Terry. The Dudleys put them through tables, and the Hardys put them through tables. So Jeff and Matt cut a promo with their North Carolinian accents. Hi, I didn't say that. Terry, you can't come out here. It's too dangerous. Too dangerous. Can't have Terry at ringside tonight. Well, she's got to prepare for her big moment, too. The Dudley boys are out first, and I'm like, look at all this ECW influence. You got all these ECW guys coming out for the... One of the biggest shows, one of the big four, is all ECW guys at first. It's a tables match between the Dudleys and the Hardys. Stuttering Bubba gets the mic and cuts a promo on New York City. He says, you cheer the Hardys, but you boo a nice man like John Rocker. who would, John Rocker was a pitcher for the Braves who had made comments about riding the L train with, I think he put it as like fags and cross-dressers, and he hates playing the Mets because he has to ride that. GD L train, which so, was a dated comment. Looking back at it now, but that was headline news back in uh, 2000 when all that come out. And so, oh, it was it was in the days before social media because, yeah. and I mean, he just kept on pitching. I mean, yeah. the Braves didn't say, "Oh, well, you're just not." They didn't let him pitch in New York when they when they went back to New York. Right. But you know, nowadays, if he made those comments, he would be suspended or fired. You yeah. know, it's. It's a different time now with social right. media because you can get all this. This outrage is actually vocal, whereas back in the day, you know, this was printed in a newspaper, and you could get angry about it, but you had nowhere to go to voice your. I mean, you knew going into it, Hill and Baby, anyway, but going in, you know, it really got them fired up. Like, man, these Hardys, they better come out here and fuck these Dudleys up, you know. I mean, because the New York crowd's going to be very favorable to ECW. So they wanted to, I mean, especially they just saw Taz wrestle. Right. They just saw Taz wrestle. So to avoid getting any cheers for the Dudleys, make sure they go out and say something that'll get them to turn on you. Yeah. Devon says they should elect John Rocker as their mayor. That never happens. (laughs) Bubba then says that the Hardy Boys should put their head between their ass and kiss their ass goodbye. And he doesn't stutter through that promo, so he kind of lost the gimmick there for a second. Teddy Long is one of the referees in this match. The Hardys are out. We get a Bubba bomb to Jeff. And oh, we might. We want to add, this is a tornado table match, by the way. A tornado tag table match, which is only something you would hear in pro wrestling. But each member of the team has to go through a table. It's Correct. the first person through the table Correct. the team wins. Everyone has to go through a table. Yes. And it has to be an offensive. Yes, that's right, because the Hardys cost themselves the match at yes. one point. It has to be an offensive move, so you have to be put through the table. You can't put yourself through, and it can't be a, an accident. An accident. It has to be an offensive, which, I mean, as a referee, that's what I would have. That's going to be my judgment call anyway. But Bubba bombed to Jeff, and then Bubba gets a table. They immediately set it up in the ring. The Dudleys do. Jeff is back body dropped into the table. But Matt moves it out of the way. And at this point in time, Bubba almost landed on the leg of the table, which I was I said to myself, like, ooh, that would have really been bad. 
because his head would have caught that corner of the, uh, the leg. Devon tries to powerbomb on Matt through the table, but Jeff moves the table out of the way. Jeff whacks Bubba with a chair. Now chairs are in this match. Holy cow. The chair shots in this match. Bubba are... took a lot of head chair shots and tries to dive off the guardrail onto Bubba, who was leaning up against the table on the outside, but Bubba wakes up and shoves the table into Jeff as he's coming off the guardrail into a very painful-looking spot. The Hardys hit a double suplex on Bubba, but Devon moves the table out of the way, so again, the table has avoided being broken. Matt has now found a ladder, so now this is a TLC match. The Hardys clear out the Dudleys with the ladder. Matt hits Bubba with a chair and then hits him in the head with the chair. Matt lays Bubba on a table on the outside and sets up the ladder, but Devon climbs the ladder too. Matt shoves Devon off, though. Matt does a leg drop onto Bubba, who is on the table, and out of nowhere, Jeff Hardy comes flying in out of camera shot, and they both arrive on Bubba at the same time and send him crashing through the table. So a great spot especially because the camera did not have Jeff in frame. So right. it was a total surprise to us as viewers that this other Hardy boy came flying in from out of nowhere. So Bubba's eliminated, basically. Now the point is to get Devon, Devon through the table. But Bubba can keep competing. Correct. Because it's, I mean, it's no DQ. So Tornado tag. The Hardy set up another table, but Matt goes through it himself after he tries a leg drop onto Devon. And then Devon moves out of the way of another table, and then Jeff suicide dives right through the table, so the Hardys have eliminated themselves. Or have they? No, because it was not an offensive maneuver. They weren't put through the tables. They, they did put, it themselves. They did it themselves. You cannot eliminate yourself. So I knew you were going to think you were going to say that. I think it should count. Yeah. Knowing what's coming later in the match, I think it's okay. Yes. So neither of these table breaks count. Bubba and Devon then bring steps into the ring, put a table on the steps, and Bubba super power bombs Matt through the table that was elevated on the steps in the ring. And so now Matt has been eliminated. We are tied one table apiece for both teams. Bubba starts selling like he's in a trance. Those trance he got anytime he sent someone through a table, he would go into a trance sort of look. And uh, that was probably from the chair shots to the head. <laughs> yes, that too. Those, I mean, and it would not be the end of chair shots no. to the head for him. Man, he had to have a concussion after this match. Bubba steals Mark Eaton's chair and hits Matt in the head with it for good measure. The Dudleys then stack three tables in a pyramid-type formation in the aisleway of Madison Square Garden. Bubba then climbs with Jeff. They walk and brawl over the entryway. Devon puts Matt on the table below, and Bubba teases jumping off the aisleway, the entrance, to Matt on the table below, which doesn't make any sense because he's already eliminated. So, so he teases jumping but gets low-blowed and then takes two head chair shots from Jeff and does the scariest back bump I think <laughs> I've seen in quite a while as he stumbles backwards and has to fall a good, How do you learn to fall? A good, I mean, that's a good 15 feet. Well, he had plenty of tables to, you know, cushion his landing, but still, scary that's, when you can't see what you're doing. Right. That's a that's a scary fall. Now, this also doesn't really count because he's already been through a table. Correct. So, there's right. one table left, conveniently, right there in the pile. So, what do we do? We drag it out. Matt throws Devon on it. 
and Jeff. Jeff rips his removes shirt off. his shirt off for all the ladies. Crowd goes wild. He does his little finger pose, and he hits a swanton dive off this. I don't know if you call it an entryway or whatever you want to call it, but it's about 15, 16 feet in the air. And he jumps out, too. It's like a, I mean, he had to really get some some, uh, some spring to pull it off, but hits a swanton right on Devon, through the table, ding, ding, ding. The match is over. Jeff cannot walk, so Matt has to pick him up, carry him back to the ring to celebrate. Yeah, they want to get some applause for all their hard work here. And if you had told me, 18 years later, both of these tag teams would still be capable of wrestling a match. I'd say, no. They, they're Not after this match. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, well, and imagine what's still to come in these guys' careers. Yeah. You know, like, I'd yeah. say, no, they will not be wrestling in 2018, but Bubba's another wasted piece of Raw 25 on oh. Monday. Gave a 3D. That was it. And it was up. Yeah. And it didn't look like Devon was, but. Very uh, happy to be there at all. No, they mentioned that Devon had also put on some pounds and that he was not really, yeah. He'd have to get some leverage to hit that was up. But. but kudos to Bubba, though, as he took the scariest bumps in the match and took multiple chair shots to the head. Uh, unprotected, yeah. too. He didn't put his hands up. He took them square to the forehead. and I do enjoy the camera catches the Dudleys shaking each other's hands as they're supposed to be laid out on the floor. Like they reach out and shake hands, like giving a signal, job. like "Hey, yeah, we're good. Good job. You okay?" But uh, yeah, that was. I I love this match. This is an awesome match. This is an. I mean, this this goes to show. This you, isn't even their best match together. No, but this is a great match to start off. A what I thought was another two years of unbelievable matches between these two tag teams, and then they incorporated and Edge and Christian. They incorporated Edge and Christian into this feud, and um, to my opinion, this is what kicked it off right here. This match. Well, actually, the Terry Invitational Tournament Ladder Match is what, yeah, really kicked it off. The tit, that's yeah. what is responsible. Yeah, it's a hardcore match, and you have a street fight later in the night, but it's different enough from that street fight to where yes. it's still very good. Uh, it's very dangerous, though, as far as the head chair shots and that back bump that Bubba took. You'll never see this again, uh, this type of violence. and uh, This just won't happen anymore today. But And you won't see the violence you'll see in the street fight later either. So... No. Uh, I think this really helped. I mean, the Hardys were still not super popular, but you could definitely tell they were stars on the rise, especially yeah. Jeff. As it would take many, many years before Matt became the breakout star of the family. The camera then cuts to the EMTs backstage with Kurt, and Kurt Kurt's is in disbelief. Stumbling. He's got this glassy look on his face. What happened? The EMT tells him you were choked out. Kurt goes, choked, choked. That that that's illegal. That that means I'm I'm still undefeated. He cheated. And the EMT's like, I don't know, but <laughs> like you just you got choked out. So we're here to take care of you. And he's like, but it's it's illegal. I'm undefeated still. Did I win? I'm undefeated. I I I still think I won. And so. uh 
the EMTs then make make Kurt sit down, and uh, I just I thought it was hilarious. I'm My, still undefeated, right? Yeah, I'm undefeated. So did I win? And and I like that he's asking the EMT this. Yeah, the EMT's like, I don't know. All I know is we were called to come and get you. And he's like, What? Why? Why? You were choked out, so we just had we got called to choke. That that's illegal. So I, I, I I'm still undefeated. Lawler and Rawson argue about whether the law should count. Yes, it should. Sergeant Slaughter is out next with Tony Gurria, Fabulous Moolah, Johnny Valiant, classy Freddie Blassie, who gets the biggest pop of them all. And then Jerry Lawler grabs the mic. It's time for Miss Rumble 2000, everybody. Johnny Valiant, people that don't know, uh, is the uh, older brother of the boogie-woogie man, Jimmy Valiant. A lot of people don't realize that so i just wanted to point that out because not many people know who he is so it's time for miss rumble 2000 here are our competitors ivory who's unhappy to be here she's in a yellow wwf new york jacket and no pants apparently terry is out next in a robe jackie miss jackie is also out she's in a robe bb the former emt worker and girlfriend real life girlfriend of bob holly is out next luna is out next to a dubbed-over theme. I guess she came out to the ICP theme. Then it's Miss Kitty, who came out to a theme song that had cat noises, so I bet a lot of people thought, oh, it's Sable. Nope, it's Miss Kitty. Andy Richter is also announced as a judge. He's from Late Night with Conan O'Brien, and still to this day works with Conan. Ivory is to get naked first. She doesn't want to, but she does anyway. She's wearing a teal bathing suit. Terry's next. She's in a, what I call a Borat-type V bathing suit, which, so it comes down to a V on the front and the back. So nude color. Miss Jackie has a similar outfit, only she's wearing a cowboy hat, so she pretends to ride a horse, in quotation marks, in the ring with her cowboy hat. BB just has on a regular bathing suit. Luna will not strip down any further. And Miss Kitty is wearing nothing but bubble wrap. Yes, a bubble wrap bikini. She is wearing what my Thunder and Paradise DVDs were shipped in. Bubble wrap. King, of course, plays a little favorites here and loses his mind for his wife. As that is his pick to win it all. There's we're, a late entry. We're getting word of a late entry. Some music hits. It's May Young. Lawler, he goes along with it. Okay, she wants to compete. She can. May grabs the mic and in... And as Mae Young could only say in her Mae Young voice, everybody wants to see her puppies. So Mae unzips her top, takes her robe. First she takes her robe and then rubs it between her legs. (laughs) Then she unzips her old lady swimsuit and gets them out. (laughs) And the crowd goes mild Mild. as... (laughs) As Mae Young brings out her bare breasts to this Royal Rumble crowd, Mark Henry, her kayfabe boyfriend, runs into the ring to try to cover her up. After the votes are tallied to Jerry Lawler's dismay, Mae Young is your unanimous winner of Miss Rumble 2000. She's so shocked she won. She storms away from Mark Henry and top down and shows everything. Oh, yeah, this was censored on the network, but when it aired live, it was not. Right, and so... This was to play off of Miss Kitty showing her boobs a few months earlier. And so so, um, because of that, in the network version, they 
they didn't show her do that. They just stuck with Jackie. They did. They, they did tried to blur as yeah. So you did see a lot of it. You didn't see. I mean, you I can Google wanna, the. I images. didn't want to see it. Period. But. Sure, you didn't. <laughs> so, how, what, what did you think of the bikini match or the bikini? Oh, uh, my girlfriend contest? also watched this with me. As she did the last pay per view, and she said, "Why is it if you're a woman, you have to get naked?" That's that, what she asked that's me. Very, that's very true. And I said, up until about two or three years ago, that's just how it was. I don't yeah. know. I, it was really sort of embarrassing to watch this. But she did get a kick out of Mae Young. Uh, yeah. Time to preview WWF New York. It just opened. It's a great entertainment complex. It's a really great place to go. Do you miss WWF New York? Uh, I'd never been there. I never wanted to go because it looked to me just like a hard rock cafe, you know. It just I think they just took over the hard rock cafe that was Well, there. that's what that's what took its place when it left was Oh, really? Yeah, okay. it was a hard rock cafe. And then they would do some events there at the hard rock cafe just like it had never left. Yeah. But I, you know, paying $20 for a hamburger or whatever that's, you know, small and, you know, just for for a cup, you know, a commemorative WWF New York cup and you know, it's just a gimmick. You know, yeah. uh, now if I lived in New York, I'd probably love it. Yeah. I mean, actually, no, I'd probably hate it. It's in Times Square and yeah, locals it, don't hang out in Times Square. So why is that? Just Cause it's touristy, you know, it's, oh, okay. so we go to WWF New York and it's the debut of Jonathan Coachman. Yes. A very young, full head of hair, you know, skinny, happy to see the world. He's debuting. And fans are just swarming this guy. Yeah. Because they wanted to be on TV. And he has to, like, fight them off to just talk about how great WWF New York is. Fans loved the bikini contest. They loved Mae Young. They, they loved Mae they Young. They got him fired up at WWF. Table match was magnificent, got him fired up. And everybody is ready to see who's going to win the world title. But before we can win the world title, we have to win the intercontinental titles. We have co champions, Y2J. Chris Jericho with China. They are co-champions. And they're arguing over who gets to wear the belt to the ring tonight. I love this. Dave, Dave Hebner comes Dave in. Hebner, a rare Dave Hebner appearance. Dave goes, you know what? I'm just going to take it to ringside, and we'll see tonight once and for all who is the undisputed Intercontinental Champion. Chris Jericho did not find this to be entertaining whatsoever. He didn't like this, so he hollers out, you know, come on, Earl, I can't believe you're doing it. And he's like, oh, that's Dave. Sorry. Come on, Dave. So then we get a safety warning. Don't try this at home, the playground, or anywhere. Thanks, Jim Ross. Did we listen to this? Did we, Did we? as a kid, did you pay attention to this? No. You know, this This always bugged me about the WWF is that they, they told you the backstory of Dude Love and Mick Foley, and they showed you backyard wrestling, and then yeah. they'd turn around and tell you, don't do that. That's stupid. <laughs> Then as a kid, in your mind, you're like, hell, Mick can do it. He made a success out of it. Why can't I? And I can make a success out of exactly. it. Exactly. No, we, me and my friends would wrestle around on the trampoline or whatever. You know, yeah. we were we tried to be safe, though. But I did go flying off the trampoline. We didn't have – this was before the days of the caged trampolines, which actually I think make it better for pro wrestling now that they have this netting cage. So it's almost like a little hell in a cell in your backyard. Yeah. But uh, I didn't have that, and so I went. Yeah, I went flying off the trampoline a few times because of uh, in-ring accidents that we had. But right. you know, that's what that's what life and learning is all about. It's yeah. you know, you you learn 
you learn as a kid not to stick a penny in the light socket because you get shocked and that's how I'm you I'm not learn. sure. Would a penny? Yeah, it would. Will it? Yes, it will. <laughs> I'm going to try it. You've convinced me to try it at home. Why do it at home? Why not just do it right now live on air? Yeah. <laughs> JR gets a good laugh at King complaining about May Young. Hardcore Holly is the third member of this triple threat match. China, I mentioned here, man, she really looks great. This is the best. She looks even better than she did at WrestleMania the next year. Yeah. This is the best China ever looked. I actually, like, she looks healthy. She's very skinny. She's very uh, muscular built. I mean, not too muscular, but very. She looks like a real, like, she looks, she, she looks like a, a, an MMA, like, women's fighter. Yeah, like, she looks very healthy. She she's looks, not wearing the attire of a female MMA athlete, but. She looks very healthy. She looks like she is, I mean, she looked fit to be able to to hold an intercontinental title run. It's only till the bell rings that you realize how limited she is, but she looks yeah. she looks the part to yeah. me. Jericho's out next. He's got a terrible goatee. Jericho's dad played hockey right here in Madison Square Garden. Jericho says after he wins tonight, New York City will party harder than it did on New Year's Eve. I don't think that's the case. Holly shoves China down by her face. What an asshole. Yeah, Fucking he just Bob pie Holly. faces her right at the very start of the bell. Holly exchanges slaps with Jericho, and then China takes over with Holly for a second but gets thrown over the ropes. Jericho gets dropkicked by Holly, who wants applause for this dropkick but instead gets booed. Lawler is still spooked for Mae Young and goes on and on about it. Jericho and Holly have a chop battle. Jericho catches Holly in the walls of Jericho, but China breaks it up to booze. The crowd was behind Y2J here. China clotheslines Holly out of the ring. China then baseball slides into Holly. Jericho hits a sloppy dive from the second rope to Holly, who was out on the outside. He almost fucked this up really badly. China, yeah, he almost he almost overshot him, and so uh, Bob had to hardcore had to take a step back just to be able to kind of catch him. They get back in the ring. China does the backspring elbow to Jericho, followed by a DDT and gets a two count. Holly tosses China out of the ring again. Jericho is accidentally low-bridged out of the ring by China, who was trying to get back into the ring. Bob Holly grabs a chair. He says, enough with this playing by the rules shit. He grabs a chair, and he's going to hit China. But Jericho stops him, and then China drop kicks the chair into Holly's head. Oh, no. Jericho and China both hit splashes from the top turnbuckle on Holly, and they both cover him. One, two, and then but they, a kick out. Yeah, so... Holly is Superman here. He can kick out of two people pinning him. Jericho tries to back suplex China, but instead gets a low blow. China pedigrees Holly, but he kicks out at two. Holly then has China up in the electric chair, and Jericho hits a doomsday device with uh, Holly doing the, the fall back. China did not do the backflip. Jericho goes for a superplex on Holly, but China crotches both of them on the ropes. And China superplexes Holly, who rolls through it, and covers China for two. This this got so botched. It, it was oh, them really, setting it up. Yeah, it was very. It was it was so bad. Well, just them like coordinating setting it up on the turnbuckle. Well, they hit the so superplex, and then it's you got like a two three second delay before he throws his legs back over to hook up for the roll up, and it was it was just a bad. I didn't like this this sequence. China grabs a chair and chair shots Holly in the head. She puts Holly in the walls of Jericho, but Jericho then hits a bulldog on China, a lion salt on China. One, two, three, the undisputed IC champion is Y2J, Chris Jericho. 
So, yeah, Jericho wins the IC belt. He's the undisputed champion, and China just looks stunned at what happened. And sadly for China, I, I think this is the end of her push against male wrestle, wrestlers. Yeah. She would be uh, shuffled into the female division by the end of the year, and then for, of course, X7 took on Ivory. So I didn't, I didn't much care for this match. No, no, and it was... And I really think the sleeper would have been to have Hardcore win the match. That would have been the shocker because then it would have been... You could have kept on with this feud a little bit more like, well, you cost me my title. Well, you cost me my title. Well, who's going to face Hardcore, you know, for the Intercontinental title? I'm not having Bob Holly win anything, so I disagree. But the match was bad because this was still... Triple threats, they still hadn't figured out quite how to do them where, you know, now one person gets knocked out and yeah. and lays and is unconscious for five minutes and two people wrestle. This is this was China got thrown out. She's out for a couple seconds and then gets right back in the match. And then someone else goes out. They still hadn't figured it out. Plus, China, I'm China's very limited in the ring. And yeah. and all the moves that she tried to pull off and all the moves she did pull off looked pretty sloppy. Um, Jericho and Holly did the best to help her out. She still looked, she still came across fine. It made it look, you had, and I know we're talking about pro wrestling and I, I bring it up all the time, but suspension of disbelief, like her setting up that superplex, like took forever. And like other, other parts of the match when they had to do stuff, like it just, it just didn't flow smoothly when she was tasked with doing something. Right. And that's not all on her because she's still a relatively inexperienced wrestler at this even at this point. Like there's no way to make this into a great match with her being involved in it. But right, yeah, I didn't I really didn't enjoy this match. Okay. So, Cole is backstage now with The Rock. My goodness, there's an actual celebrity here who cuts off Michael Cole, of course. Rocky Chance are being Heard throughout the arena. Finally, The Rock came back to New York City. When he said that, Monica was like, had he not been in New York City in a while? And I was like, no, he just says that in every town he goes to. Cheap pop. Cole says, what, what's your thoughts on the Royal Rumble? He says, well, I'm most worried about Crash Holly and Headbanger Mosh, but if I can get past them, I might be okay. And Which is a great line. Uh, yeah. Well, Cole says, well, shouldn't you worry about like the big show? He wipes the monkey's ass with what Big Show thinks. And The Rock knows that if it's just him and Big Show, he'll win. He guarantees it. Just like Joe Namath and the Jets back in the day for New York, he guarantees a Rumble win. A mighty big thing to do. Yes. Tonight, you and 29 other superstars will be in that ring for the Royal Rumble match, and you have a bullseye on your chest. Is there any superstar who you may be concerned with? Well, The Rock says this. There are two WWF superstars who The Rock has a concern with. There are two who might give The Rock problems. Number one is going to be Crash Holly. Number two is going to be Headbanger Mosh. And The Rock says if he could get by those two, then he might have a shot at winning the Royal Rumble. Uh, Rock, with, uh, with all due respect, Shouldn't he be a little more concerned with, say, the Big Show? Well, The Rock says this. You should be concerned with fixing yourself a nice tall glass of shut up juice. (laughs) Fix it. 
The Rock says this, Big Show, do you actually think that you're gonna win the Royal Rumble? Do you actually think that you're gonna take the great one and throw him over the top rope? Do you actually think that you're going on to WrestleMania and becoming the WWF champion? Well, The Rock says this, he wipes a monkey's ass with what you think. Big Show, The Rock says this. He's gonna go out there in the middle of the people's ring. Royal Rumble, The Rock's music is gonna hit. If you smell, and 20,000 Rock fans all stand on their feet, goosebumps on their arm, electricity going through their body. The Rock says this, as God, as The Rock's witness, he hopes, he prays that you, Big Show, and The Rock are the last two in the ring. So The Rock thinks, no, he knows, no. The Rock guarantees to win the Royal Rumble right here in New York City. Man, that is a huge guarantee, King. Wow. They smell what The Rock's cooking out there. And The Rock says this, Big Show, just as sure as The Rock is without a shadow of a doubt, the best there ever was, The Rock says, as sure as The Rock has the Brahma Bull tattooed on his arm, is as sure as The Rock is going to WrestleMania and becoming, without a shadow of a doubt, the best damn WWF champion there ever was. If you smell what The Rock is cooking. I mean, guarantee you're going to beat 29 other men. Especially 29 other top-level superstars. Yes. Top shelf, everybody. There is not one mid Carter or jobber in this match at all none whatsoever you ended up having like a instead of 30 minute been it turned into like almost 40 but still well with people keep reoccurring keep appearing <laughs> yes reappearances anyway I miss promos like the one that the rock delivered this is something that I really miss from the current product everything's so scripted That's yeah just, it's no one can just grab the mic no the Acolytes are going to take on the New Age Outlaws, and I said immediately, I just want to skip this match. This match, though, despite it being, in my mind, shitty. Very a, quick. Well, it's quick, and it gets a recap package, so they think it's important, so I guess I should. The Acolytes have two words for us, ass-kicking. Oh, you didn't know? The Outlaws are out first. Here we are in 2018, and in 2000, the New Age Outlaws act feels very stale. Billy has already had his run as King of the Ring. Yes. He already had his feud with The Rock, where the Kiss My Ass match. He is on his way back down. Yes, he has fallen right back down. Billy is in pink sheer tights, so you can see his thong. I know you enjoyed that. And he wrestled with a shirt on for some reason. It's very odd, because he's a bodybuilder dude. He loves yeah. being naked. Yeah. And he wrestled in a shirt, so I don't know what was going on. with. Maybe he was uh, in an off cycle, if you know what I mean. We get a nice power slam from Farouk to Jesse James. Road Dog does a shake route on roll punches to Farouk. Clothesline from hell turns Billy inside out. Oh, man. that He nailed the hell out of him. Farouk hits Road Dog with a spine buster. Billy throws the ref out of the ring before Farouk can get the three. The Acolytes team up for a power bomb on Road Dog. Then X-Pac runs in already, but gets dispatched by Bradshaw, who throws him back out. Billy sneaks in, hits a Famouser on Bradshaw. The ref wakes up. One, two, three. That's it. That's it. So a match I didn't care about, thankfully, only went two minutes and 39 seconds. Good match. I enjoyed it. No, it was a terrible match. It was get all your shit in as soon as you can and then get the fuck out because we've got the main eventer coming up next, Triple H. But 
I just I don't like either of these tag teams, especially compared to the tag match we saw earlier in the night. It's like this match shouldn't have happened after that tag match earlier. It couldn't live up to it. They stacked this this card wrong because they well, you couldn't have this back to back with the street fight, but you certainly could have had this tag title match second instead yes. of the table match. All right. Street fight is next. It is now time. The build up is Triple H wins. He beats the Big Show and he wins the uh, WWF World Heavyweight title and declares the McMahon-Helmsley era. Mankind says he hates the McMahon family era or the the McMahon-Helmsley era and they just proceed to go ahead and fire him. That's it. Yeah, apparently when you win the world title and you're married to the boss's daughter, you become the boss somehow. Yeah. And this gives you the power to just fire whoever you want to. And so they fired Mick Foley. And so uh, they proceed, Triple H proceeds to go on and, and put some fake mankind in, uh, in gimmicks. And they just started making fun of Mick Foley. And just, they had the fake Mick Foley beg for his job. He and begged for his job. And then he's trying to get a job. He's had a job interview trying to find a job. And. Finally, The Rock's had enough. The locker room's had enough. They storm at ringside. If you do not reinstate Mick Foley now, each and every one of us are going to walk out on you. Which Triple H should have said, okay, see ya. Bye. You're going to go to the WCW? They suck right now. So They reinstate Mick Foley. Mick Foley comes out and proceeds to get his ass kicked. As Mankind. As Mankind. And so uh, Mankind, just he gets his ass kicked, and we're, we're getting ready to go into to the the Royal Rumble and the Thursday night SmackDown right before this Royal Rumble, Mankind comes out and he's like, you know what? And which I, this is my favorite SmackDown moment. I love this moment. He comes out and he's like, the one thing I realized last Monday night is Mankind is not ready to face you in a street fight in Madison Square Garden. But the fans deserve a replacement in this match. And he does this complete formation as he's walking down the ramp and transforms from Mankind into Cactus Jack. The facial expressions transform. The, the, he's got his finger guns. Yeah, the wardrobe transforms. I mean, I love this moment. It, it shows how well of an actor Mick Foley really can be and how, how he actually gets into a character. And it was very well done. And he proceeds to beat the shit out of Triple H. And tells him, this, I've done it before. This Sunday, your blood will stain Madison Square Garden in New York City. Triple H is terrified. So here we go. I mean, we're pumped. We're ready to go. It's Sunday night. We're here. We're good to go. Now, as we're getting ready to set up for this match, Mick Foley proceeds to set up with, uh, he sits down with Terry Funk, and Mick and Terry. Because Foley goes, I want this to be almost as as bad as our matches in Japan. And uh, so Triple H, Mick Foley, and Terry Funk sit down. They come up with the uh, the game plan of this match. They then proceed to uh, to work it out with Triple H. Triple H is all for it. They basically, they just, they didn't even talk. Triple H, and they, they look at each other right before they go out to, ring, you know, to the ring to do this match. And he's like, I'm just sorry for what I'm about to have to do. Just so you know this. That that shows you how graphic these two guys knowing full well what they were getting into. 
The title will be decided for Big Show. What a band against Triple H. Big Show just caught Triple H. Oh, low blow. There was a low blow by Triple H. And that's the pedigree. The pedigree. He got it. He got it. Triple H has won the World Wrestling Federation Championship. The McMahon Helmsley era is running the show. I'm here tonight to tell you flat out that I think the McMahon Helmsley era kind of sucks. Oh, look out! Triple Get H, DX, they're all over mankind! That's what he deserved! He brought it on himself! Nick, you're fired! He is fired! You're out of here! You're history! And thanks to the McMahon Helms the Air, mankind is fired. I just think that it's damn pretentious and Triple H and Stephanie to just finish a career because they personally get off on playing with people's lives playing with their dreams and their emotions, and in this case, with, with their family. You are the most pathetic person I have ever met in my life. That's not Mick Foley. I've been pathetic for my whole life, especially over the last couple weeks. I can get hit in the head 37 times with a chair and not have any, not, not have any, not have any damage. You stank. Stank. You stank in the joint, up. Triple H and Stephanie, if you do not meet our demands, we've got every single superstar ready to walk out on your candy asses. You will reinstate Mick Foley now. Mick Foley's back! You want me at the Garden? You want me at the Rumble? You're damn right I want your ass at the Rumble. You got it! Mankind and Triple H back in the ring. The two men that will meet for the richest prize in the game at the Royal Rumble. Triple H's got that belt! He's got the belt! He's got the belt. After the beating you gave me on Monday night, one thing mankind is not is ready to face you in a street fight at the Royal Rumble in Madison Square Garden. But I think the WWF fans deserve a substitute in that match. I think you know the guy. His name is Cactus Jack. Cactus Jack is back. Drastic time call for drastic measures. Triple H forced Mick Foley to metamorphosize into Cactus Jack. This guy's psychotic. He's homicidal. What I am is one bad son of a bitch. Cactus Jack is as hardcore as anybody could ever be. Mick Foley, your blood will stain New York City. I promise you that. Cactus Jack's music hits. Cactus comes to ringside. He's there. He's ready to go. He's pumped. And then Triple H comes out with Stephanie. Stephanie then leaves and goes back to the backstage area. Triple H gets in the ring with uh, Cactus Jack, and immediately Cactus Jack, I guess they hadn't gone over this match enough because uh, Cactus Jack just starts jawing at Triple H. Yeah. And uh, he's he's telling him, listen, you know, I'm, I'm going to – I'm gonna fuck you up, like so. Uh, so after he jaws with him for a minute, he decides to throw some punches. It's a swinging neck breaker to Hunter out on the mats, 
and then leg drops him across the back of his head when he tries to get back into the ring. They brawl near the timekeeper, Mark Eaton, and Triple H grabs the bell and bell shots Mick. Triple H then gets a chair, gets in the ring, and tries to goad Mick to come after him. And Mick does. Mick does. Yeah, I love King's uh, King's statement here that that's just like waving a red flag in front of a bull. you know. And Mick slides in. He's like, all right, let's go. And he runs right at him. And to a nasty It is, chair without shot. a doubt, one of the most graphic chair shots. You'll a see. year after he took, what, 20-something chair shots in a Royal Rumble match? Yes. Hunter goes and exposes a turnbuckle and then gets clotheslined by Mick, who grabs the chair. Mick lays the chair on top of Hunter's head and leg drops it. They go to the outside. Mick back body drops Hunter into the crowd, and they walk and brawl through the crowd. Mick finds some pallets in the entryway and decides, I'm going to suplex Triple H onto these pallets, onto these pallets which would suck in real life because you get splinters i hate dealing with fucking oh pallets, yeah man. they're they're terrible and uh there was just this random nail sticking up and as triple h gets suplexed onto the pallets that nail proceeds to just gash around his ankle his uh his uh calf yeah he gets he gets one of the most disgusting nasty wounds i've ever seen in professional wrestling this just puncture in his calf that is almost the size of a quarter. Mick finds a garbage can, smashes Hunter with it. Then he throws Hunter into the aisleway door a few times, which is like a garage door-looking thing. Foley chants break out in Madison Square Garden. Triple H back suplex Foley onto the garbage can, so the garbage can is dead. They walk and brawl towards the ring, and Mick lands some rights on Hunter against the stairs. Then he does a running knee to Hunter's head against the steps, but I'd say that Mick's knee took the brunt of this impact on the stairs. And yeah. This is why this man can barely walk. Triple H rolls into the ring, and Mick breaks out the barbed wire 2 by 4 the real star of this match. Hunter is in the middle of the ring, but Earl distracts Foley. No, you can't. Please don't use that, Mick. Well, I mean, that's not how Earl sounds. Earl will be like, hi, don't use that. Please don't. So Earl distracts Foley, and while he's distracting Foley, Hunter lands a low blow. So then Hunter nails Foley in the chest and back with the barbed wire 2x4. Triple H then goes for a headshot, but Mick hits him in the gut. The ref runs the barbed wire 2x4 out of the ring and gives it to Hugo Savinovich, who is then tasked with hiding it. So he puts it right under the announcer's table. Foley gets really pissed. He gets up Earl. and he's like, where's the bat? And Earl's like, what bat? I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, where's the fucking bat? And Earl's like, he grabs Earl and Earl's like, it's over. It's under the table. It's over. And so he goes out. He grabs Hugo. Hugo's <laughs> Poor freak- Hugo. Hugo's freaking out. And so they give him the bat back. No, he but- punches Hugo. Oh, yes. For hiding it. And then Carlos Cabrera. Hands him the bat. Yes. So there you go. Or the two by four. The two by four. And this is another. Did you catch the swap there? This is another because after all the hits with the first one, the uh, the barbed wire was coming unraveled. So this was a new one. This was a second. I thought that they had swapped it probably just to have a safer one because Hunter's about to get hit in the head with it. So one with not as many barbs on it. That that's possible. That, that's but, what I mean, my, it was the first one was coming unraveled though. That's what my thinking was was that 
it's a safer one. It still has some barbs on it because I mean he gets cut up. But like, yeah, uh, I thought that's what the switcheroo was about. But then why even switch them out? You know why not just start with the safe one? Yeah, I guess Mick was like, nah, fuck that. I want you know I want to get hit with you know real shit. So the old switcheroo here is Carlos Cabrero gives him a two by four with barbed wire. Hunter then, as Mick is coming back in the ring, accidentally splashes Earl. So now Earl takes a ref bump, and then Hunter takes a barbed wire shot to his head. Yes, he hits a a running, you would call like a running elbow drop or something along those lines. Well, and then, yeah, a running uh, diving one to a down Hunter after he takes the head shot to his head. it It is so disgusting. And so, so now Triple H is bleeding from his head and right near his eye. It's I, scary yeah. how close it got to his eye. Yeah, as he, uh, you see him bleeding, but as he goes to sit up, right then, like you really see because the blood just starts running down his face, and it, it, it's oh man, it was it was really graphic to watch. Mick says, "Okay, here's another headshot, buddy." With the barbed wire, and Hunter now is bleeding all over the place. Yeah. This dude is just gushing blood. And then the most disgusting scene, Cactus grabs that 2 by 4 with barbed wire and does the old cheese grater to Hunter's face as he yeah. smushes it and just grinds it. I hate that. Man. He, the, you know nasty. that hurt like hell. Yeah. No, that sucks. Yeah. I don't want that. Yeah. Like, it's one thing to wrestle with the barbed wire, but don't cheese grate me with it, man. Mick chops at Hunter's bloody head like karate chops this man's bloody head as he stalks him around the ring. So he'd like hit him in the head and Hunter would like wobble around the ring. He eventually wobbles to the announce table. Cactus wants a pile driver through the announce table, but Hunter back body drops him through the announce table, which doesn't break. But then Hunter coming off of this back body drop coming down breaks the table. So they have destroyed... Uh, JR and King's table. They go back into the ring, and Hunter has a giant gash in his calf. That's the one that he got earlier, but they really focus in on it when he goes it, back it, in. It, I'm telling you, folks, it is the most disgusting wound you will ever see. Hunter calls for the pedigree, but gets catapulted into the buckle. Then Mick drops him on the barbed wire again. Cactus clotheslines himself and Hunter out of the ring. Someone in the front row holds up Mick Foley's autobiography, which I thought was very funny product (laughs) placement. Mick charges towards Hunter, but Hunter tosses him into the steps repeatedly and destroys Mick's knees. Hunter chop blocks the bad knee after the stairs damage it. Hunter chop blocks it again, and then Hunter gets the two-by-four with barbed wire and decides to slam it into Mick's leg. And then Triple H goes over to Finkel. And Finkel, for some reason, has handcuffs. Yes. And hands it to Triple H. Howard Finkel is a dirty heel. I knew it all along, you bastard. So Hunter grabs these handcuffs and is now trying to handcuff Foley. Mick fights out of it at first, but Triple H finally gets him handcuffed. Yeah, he gets behind his back. He gets one handcuff on, and and Mick fights it and grabs it, and he starts hitting him in the forehead with the... uh, the other handcuff as it's wrapped around his fist, and he's just pounding away, but Triple H kicks him in the knee, cuts him off, and handcuffs the other wrist behind his back. So now Mick Foley's handcuffed. Can't defend himself. Can't cover his head. 
His arms are handcuffed behind his back. Yeah, it's about to get really bad is what I thought. Yeah, it's it's about to get pretty ugly. But it doesn't really. Thankfully. Because wasn't he handcuffed when he took all the chair shots at last year's Rumble? Yeah. So that's what this is supposed to remind us of. Triple H tees off on Mick with strikes. Hunter goes and gets the stairs and brings him into the ring. But I, Mick drop toe holds Hunter into the stairs. Yes. So even Mick without arms can still beat up Triple H. And Mick then proceeds to turn into Mike Tyson and just start chewing away at Triple H's bloody head. Yes. Triple H clotheslines him to slow him down. Triple H breaks a chair over Mick's back. So a piece of the chair goes flying into the crowd. Breaks a chair. Ladies and gentlemen, he hits him so hard that the back area of the chair breaks off. Cactus Jack goes back down the aisleway again and this time gets a head chair shot for his trouble from Triple H. But Mick, in the hero spot, decides to sit up on his knees and tells Triple H, Is that all you got? Yeah, he starts trash talking. Give me another one. Come on, is that the best you could do? Yeah. And he hits him with one of the most violent headshots. No, because The Rock. Oh, yes. Sorry. Saves the day and decks Triple H with one of the most violent head chair shots I've seen because he had a running start from the back and just destroys Triple H. Yes. Now, it would be nice of The Rock to hang out to help Mick Foley win the match, but... No, he goes back. No, he just disappears. He's got a match to get ready for himself. Yeah, he's got to get ready for the Rumble. The real star of this match... (laughs) The police officer comes out, takes the handcuffs off of Cactus Jack. Yeah, so now Cactus Jack is free. Mick is free, and they brawl back towards the ring and the Spanish announce table this time. Mick wants a pile driver on the Spanish announce table. He gets it, and the table doesn't break. No, man, these tables are not given tonight. And it sounds nasty, and after Mick does it, he goes, bang, bang. Mick retrieves his bag of tacks, which for some reason Jerry Lawler thought was sand. No, it's the most thumbtacks I've ever seen in a wrestling it's a, match. It looks almost like a, a miniature sandbag. Like that's it's huge, how many yeah. it's huge. We're talking thousands. We're not not hundreds, thousands of thumbtacks. Cactus punches Hunter, but Hunter back body drops Mick into the tax. Pedigrees Mick, thankfully not into the tax. And One Mick kicks out two kick out. Huge reaction. To a to a look of dismay. To yes. Triple H is practically crying. Hunter is fuming. He's he, like at the ref, he's at Earl's feet going like, what? Oh, no. Yeah. No. So Cactus gets back up. Mick is covered in tacks. He is. His back is completely covered in tacks. Triple H moves him over, kicks him in the gut, and hits a pedigree on the thumbtacks. He face bumps on thumbtacks. Yeah, and they stick out of his head and right above his eye. He's got he's got thumbtacks in his head. He's got them in his forearms. He's got them in in his back and his stomach. He's got him. He's even he's got him bad in, shape. He's here. even got him in his armpit. I mean, Triple H rolls him over. One, two, three. Crazy. That, that's it, man. Ding, ding, ding. You're a winner and still World Wrestling Federation champion. Bloody Hunter rolls out of the ring to Stephanie, who's waiting for him. And they put him on a stretcher. Yeah, he he can't walk. He's no. uh, he's in bad shape. They put Foley, him on a stretcher. Foley, of course, gets up, no problem. Gets the barbed wire, and decks Hunter with it off the stretcher. So Mick. Yeah, he goes and he runs he down the alleyway. He runs down the alleyway, grabs the stretcher, 
pushes it back to ringside. As he gets close to the ring, he just lifts it forward. Triple H then face or like face plant ribs, all that into the ring apron. He throws Triple H back in and he hits him one more time with a face on barbed wire barbed shot. wire shot. Lays the barbed wire down. Bang bang. Got all his heat back. Got his heat back. And Triple H is without a doubt, I think, is dead. Because, I mean, he, he needs blood transfusions after this match. Well, yeah. he uh, Unlike that Hell in a Cell match between them when uh, Triple H got a lot of offense, he didn't get a lot of offense in this match. No. Um, aside from winning the match, he was pretty much a punching bag the whole time. Yes. He still won the match. Which always irritates me because, I mean, from the year 2000 onward for a few years, Triple H would be winning every match that he was ever in. But a very good match. I like it. I do like it better than the Hell in a Cell match between them. Mick has a better showing in this match than yeah. he does in the Hell in a Cell. The, uh, and it's in Madison Square Garden, the place where he came and saw Jimmy Superfly Snooka do the leap. And it's it's very important to Mick. Yeah. And so what's sad is when he showed up to that WrestleMania in Madison Square Garden a few years later, yeah. had such a bad match after leaving on this match, you know, this would have been his last Madison Square right. Garden match. And what a an amazing performance by Mick Foley. Yeah, after after hitting the barbed wire uh headshot, he drops to one knee and he's he's just like leaning on the second rope and the camera angle is perfect because he's sitting there and he's got this glare on his face and he's got thumbtacks in his forehead and in his temple and you just see like how that was a great visual picture of, of Cactus Jack. And uh, then we cut back. We cut to uh, King and JR. And it, uh, I mean, that, I love this match. This is my favorite. I'm over Hell in a Cell with Taker. I mean, this is my favorite Mick Foley match. And so. Uh, yeah, I think most people would agree with you. I can't really, I don't really know where I'd stack them, but this is definitely up there. It's probably one of the best executed street fights uh, that they've done. Yes. Ever. Yeah. I mean, both guys came out of it looking good because Hunter took a beating and still won. Right. And Mick Foley did all the offense and got all his heat back at the end of the match. So it's a win-win, even though Mick Foley doesn't have the belt. At the yeah. End of it. So we go back to coach at WWF New York. Linda McMahon is a waitress tonight. <laughs> But she's in a leather coat suit thing. And uh, Coach says, do you have any comment about your son-in-law and your daughter? You know, and all the stuff they've been up to. She has no comment about Stephanie and Hunter. And when she comes back to the company. Things are going to change. Things are going to get handled the McMahon way. That's right. So we have that to look forward to. Two years of Linda. Get ready, folks. Fink tells us the rules for the Royal Rumble. As I mentioned before. You know the rules. Yeah, we all know it. For some reason, I don't know why they chose this year of all the years. They show highlights from the 95 Rumble <laughs> for no reason, with no explanation. None. Sean's not in this match. Pamela Anderson isn't in the match. But we need to see the 95 Rumble for some reason. So we see how it ends. Well, that's because, remember, two feet. Got to be two feet. But that's not even addressed on the, that's addressed on Raw. Yeah. You know, that's not even addressed on this show. Right. So it's just kind of stupid, though, that you would play this clip and then not, 
when Big Show came back out, it would have been nice to see the replay from that angle and yeah. have it set up on the Rumble. Yeah. But whatever. So anyway, they show you they show us this highlight that makes no sense. None. So anyway, time to start the Rumble. And oh boy, we thought the 2005 Rumble wasn't all that great. This was rough. This is really rough this because rough. we always look back at the Attitude Era with rose-colored glasses. Everybody, oh, I loved it. It was the best time in wrestling. There yeah. are so many stars. You just you saw the. This is the entire Attitude Era roster in one match. Everybody that's not a main eventer except for Rock, I guess you could say Big Show, and Jericho. And you Kane. Know, and Kane. Kane. So those four people, outside yeah. of four people, yeah. 26 people yes. that are all mid-card or lower, yes. plus a few extras thrown in, man, this is a who's, who is that of WWF? Attitude Era. And I guess they were trying to make a main eventer out of Rikishi, but we'll see. Number one, my pick to go to be the Iron Man, D'Lo Brown. Who's number two? Jerry Lawler is so excited about who will be number two. Oh, no, it's his son, Brian Christopher. Grandmaster Sexy. And Jerry Lawler is dismayed at Brian Christopher's number. He's got to make the run, man. He's got to do the gauntlet. (laughs) He's got to do it all. Brian dropkicks D'Lo. I mean, you could not start this match out with two lesser talents. <laughs> I mean, I love D'Lo, and I like. I think Brian Christopher was good when uh, before the tag, before he was yeah. Grandmaster. Like his lightweight run yeah. or whatever. Um, they're talented performers, but this is not who you want to kick up. Like the rump, the first two people in the Rumble should be people that are like, it's gonna, wow, it's going to set the pace. And that you actually, there's some believability. These guys are going all the way. Right. Nobody thinks Grandmaster Sex A is going all the way. Right. And as much as I like D'Lo, no one's thinking D'Lo Brown. This is his year, you know. Yeah. The only spot that I remember in between these two before we get in a, uh, a our next entry is uh, the D'Lo sets up for the running power, power bomb. And It's crazy that he would even <laughs> tease that after... And- what happened? Yeah, literally what happened guy. at this point in time, weeks, just weeks before. It was a few months before. I think. Oh, was it? Okay. And so. Yeah, D'Lo Tease is hitting a running power bomb, and which uh, he, paralyzed draws. He goes to. Not his fault, by the way. No, but he goes to, uh, he goes to take off running, and he doesn't get Brian Christopher all the way up. And Brian Christopher, to save it, has to throw a Hurricane Rana. I think it was always meant to be a Hurricane Rana, but he just... He landed on his head and neck, and it was ugly. Because I was thinking, holy shit, he just broke it. You know, Brian Christopher's neck. And uh, luckily, Brian was, was saved, but it was uh, it was ugly. A scary moment. Brian Missile drop kicks D'Lo in the back of the head. Then he tries to eliminate D'Lo, but D'Lo hangs on. Number three is Headbanger Mosh. With giant boob cones on for some reason. Yeah, I don't understand that one. I don't either. Kai and Ty then comes into the match and interfere. They were promised a spot in the Rumble, but it was taken away. Taken away for who? I do not know because it's not like they reused wrestlers from earlier matches in this in this yes. Rumble. So I don't know who they lost their spots to, but they lost spots, and they were not happy about it. I don't know, but I remember... Oh, yeah, you're talking about Taka Mishinoku. Yeah. Yeah, well, after that bump, he doesn't come back. But anyway, yeah, yeah so Kai and Tai come into the match and interfere, but 
guess what? The jobbers in the ring throw the jobbers that come into the ring out of the ring. So right. they're eliminated even though they weren't in it. So they're gone. Headbanger Mosh gets a sky high from D'Lo, that powerbomb. Christian is out at number four. Mosh is gimpy from D'Lo falling on his ankle earlier, so Mosh is hurt. The crowd is completely dead for all of these people. Rikishi is out at number five. Super kicks Mosh, throws him out. Belly to belly on Christian, throws him out. D'Lo slows Rikishi with a neck breaker and leg drop. But Rikishi, no, no, no. He no-sells that shit. Samoan Spike pile driver and then tosses D'Lo out. Grandmaster Sex A is the only one in the ring. I know, man. It's a square off. Rikishi, Grandmaster, they're uh, they're getting ready to go, man. Grandmaster's trying to talk him out of it, out of nowhere. It's almost like it's scripted. The mu- the the music hits. Scotty Too Hottie. In runs Scotty Too Hottie, and guess what he's got? The yellow sunglasses. The magical glasses. At number yes. six is Scotty Too Hottie. He brings in Rikishi's glasses, so it's time to dance. Well, Fuck yeah. wrestling. Yeah. It's just dance. Lights go down, and here we go. We got a dance off. We're going, man. Rikishi interrupts the dance party and throws Too Cool over the ropes. We have some dissension in Too Cool. And Rikishi then decides, well, I'm all alone. I guess I'll dance by myself. And he puts Scotty Tuhati's hat on and his sunglasses and keeps dancing. Yeah. Steve Blackman is out at number seven. He forgot his sticks. Not a good idea. He axe kicks Rikishi. Rikishi goes down and takes a bump from this. Blackman throws some elbows. But then the silent assassin takes a Rikishi driver and gets eliminated. Rikishi is standing tall, ladies and gentlemen. He's making the run. Big Daddy V is out next and makes Rikishi look small. Yeah, Viscera is a huge man. 6'10", almost 500 pounds. Viscera belly to bellies Rikishi and then hits a leg drop on him, splashes him in the corner. Rikishi hits a super kick to Big Daddy V three times and then shoulder tackles him over the top rope. And Rikishi is alone again in this match, and this time he's gassed because he just expelled a lot of energy getting rid of Viscera. Big Boss Man is out at number nine, and Boss Man wisely does not want to get into the ring. Yeah, I love Boss Man here. In fact, he climbs up to the ring and flips Rikishi off and says, fuck that, I'm just going to hang out here. So He takes his time. Until number 10 comes out, Test. Gets a big ovation from the crowd for some reason. They're just looking for anybody. <laughs> Bossman and Tess fight on the outside of the ring. Then Tess rolls Bossman in. So now he is in the ring. Tess rolls for a minute and beats up Bossman and Quiche. But Bossman slows him down with a low blow. The British Bulldog is out at number 11 in his blue jeans. Tess big boots Bossman and tries to eliminate him. Quiche looks for a bonsai drop on the Bulldog, but he doesn't get it. Number 12 is Gangrel, who needs to stop and drink some blood before he gets in the ring. Kai and Tai come back out and get eliminated again. Yeah, Taka would not return after this one. He, he, takes, he gets thrown over the top rope to get eliminated. He does a complete flip. And his head smashes his, against the floor. His head bounces like a basketball face first. And that's it. Taka's, Taka's out. Rikishi decides, you know what, I'm going to take a break for a second. And then he finally wakes up and splashes Gangrel on Test. Number 13 is Edge to a decent reaction. The crowd is still pretty dead overall, though. Keish wants a bonsai drop and gets it this time on Boss Man. 
They show a replay of Taka being eliminated, and ouch. Number 14 is Bob Backlund. The current stars team up on him at first before teaming up to eliminate Rikishi to booze. Yeah, Bob's going to pick. The crowd was actually getting behind Rikishi here. When you eliminate enough people, I guess you just get over. Number 15 is Y2J Chris Jericho, the new IC champ. Jericho dropkicks Backlund out, so he's eliminated. Oh, come on, man. Backlund doesn't know the way to the locker room, so he leaves through the crowd hilariously. Number 16 is Crash Holly. Bulldog and Edge smack Crash's bottom, but they do not eliminate him. Number 17 is China. She's upset with Jericho, so she goes after him. Tries to suplex him over, but Boss Man just knocks her out. Oh, no, she does suplex Jericho over, and then Boss Man knocks her out. Yeah. So there you go. Gee, thanks. Good to see you. The two, I'd say two of the biggest stars in the match were eliminated in one fell swoop with China and Jericho. Number 18 is Farouk. The Mean Street Posse interrupt for some reason. And Boss Man eliminates Farouk. Number 19 is The Road Dog. Number 20 is Al Snow. Dog versus dog versus man who had a dog once. Road Dog tosses Bulldog out. So one dog eliminated the other. Number 21 is Val Venus. Funaki comes out again, this time alone. Taka is uh, knocked out somewhere. The crowd is just dead for all these mid-carders. And they also saw a really great undercard, so this rumble just feels really lame so far. Number 22, is it a big star? Every time, by the way, every time the clock ticks down, Lawler is like, is it The Rock? Is it The Rock? Is it The Rock yet? Is it The Rock? No. It's Prince Albert at number 22. Edge gets dumped out. Road Dog has tied himself up in the corner. The old Patrick Young strategy: just tie yourself up in the corner, yeah. and hang on to the ropes. Hold on, grab a corner, hold on to the bottom rope, and see, wait see it how out, far man. it takes you. Wait it out. Number twenty-three is Hardcore Holly. Number twenty-four is it The Rock? Is it The Rock? Yes, it's finally The Rock, and the place wakes up. Place because went nuts. A star has arrived to this rumble. Rock goes after Boss Man and punches him over the top rope. Venus and Tess team up to try to eliminate The Rock, but Holly then jumps in and wants to punch The Rock. Tess then comes up behind Crash Holly and power bombs him. Number 25 is Billy Gunn. He goes after The Rock, his SummerSlam 99 opponent. Rock DDTs Crash and chucks him over, so he's made it past Crash Holly, and Mosh is already gone, so he's made it past the two guys he was worried about. The Mid-Carters again try to eliminate Rock, this time over the turnbuckle instead of the ropes. Road Dog maintains his death grip on the bottom rope while this is going on. Brilliant maneuver. Number 26 is Big Show. He looks terrible. (laughs) Big Show boots Test over, then throws Gangrel over, headbutts for everybody, and then press slams Hardcore Holly, but doesn't eliminate him. Number 27 is Bradshaw. The Mean Street Posse is back out. Bradshaw chucks out the entire Mean Street Posse, but the New Age Outlaws then sneak up behind Bradshaw and chuck him out. So we've got a new feud simmering between the Acolytes and the Main Street Posse. The Acolytes and the Posse brawl to the back. Number 28 is Kane out with Tori. Kane chucks Val Venus out with a choke throw. Kane and Rock decide to go at it. X-Pac already drew number 30, so 29 is the only mystery left. And it's Godfather with all his hoes. Kane chucked out Prince Albert while the hoes were coming to the ring, so we missed that. Funaki comes back into the ring again, 
and gets thrown over this time by Al Snow. All the dry ice in the hose distract the crowd so they can't see what's going on, really. X-Pac is out at number 30. Hardcore Holly gets dumped over by Al Snow, I think. Godfather is chucked out by Big Show to booze. Rock eliminates Al Snow. Dissension from the Outlaws as Billy Gunn eliminates Road Dog. Kane uppercuts Mr. Ass over the top rope. And so our final four, X-Pac, Rock, Big Show, and Kane. Who do you think will be winning out of this four? The refs didn't see X-Pac get eliminated. Yeah, he gets thrown. He gets thrown over, but no one saw it, so he gets back in the ring. Kane and X-Pac then go at it, so we have former tag team partners going at it. Big Show and Kane have a choke slam battle. Kane hits an insiguri to Big Show, and Big Show slams Kane. X-Pac eliminates Kane with a spinning heel kick, and then Bronco Buster to Big Show. So now the three left are X-Pac, Big Show, and Rock. Big Show press slams X-Pac out of the ring, and the final two. Big Show and The Rock. It's almost like it's scripted. The Rock hits a people's elbow on Big Show. Rock tries to throw him over, but instead gets choke slammed. The crowd boos Big Show as he calls for the elimination. He does the, uh, I'm going to throw you over sign. Yeah, he picks him up and throws him over his shoulder. And he's trying to pick a, which which side is he going to throw him yeah, out which on? Which side would you like to go out on? So as he takes him to the aisleway side. Yeah. But Rock... Slips out of his shoulder, pushes Big Show over. Well, they both go over the ropes. He holds on to the ropes. They both flip over. Your winner, as he holds on to the ropes, The Rock. The Rock wins. The crowd is really happy. The Rock gets the mic. Finally, The Rock is going to WrestleMania. But then Big Show runs down and chucks Rock over the ropes for some reason. We'll have to find out why coming up on Raw. And the reason why is because there was some... uh, some dissension there. The uh, there was just a little bit of uh, foul play. The, yeah, uh, foul bad, play of foot. Bad call there. The uh, the rocks. Both the rocks' feet hit the floor first before uh, triple or before uh, big show. So, but the refs' call must stand. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see how it plays out. But spoiler alert: they both get to go to WrestleMania. Yeah. this would be one of the worst WrestleMania main events in history. It was pretty bad. But there you have it, the underwhelming Royal Rumble match. To cap off what was otherwise a pretty good Royal Rumble show, aside from the China three-way and aside from the New Age Outlaws match, I'd say it was a pretty great card. Yeah. I have no complaints about the other matches. Part of the reason is they don't have Austin and Undertaker. They don't have two of their stars. Sean's still not wrestling. So you're kind of missing the level of star power that the Rumble in like 2003 or four, you know, so on. The 2002 Rumble with Mr. Perfect almost winning is a really great Rumble. Yeah. Um, and the 2001 Rumble's okay. The Rumble match is is sadly is the worst part of this pay per view, and it's just because it's the entire Attitude Era mid card. Right. And as great as those guys are, and you know, throwaway matches on Raw, I don't want to see them in the Royal Rumble. And there's no believability that any of them can win. No. So it's not until The Rock comes down that you even have someone that you think can win. It was interesting to see what they were doing with Rikishi to try to build him up. But you can't have a guy be a dancing, fun baby face and then mega heel a few months later. But they gave it a try anyway. I did it for The Rock. 
Test was our Iron Man in the match, but he only lasted 26 minutes. So nobody in this match really lasted a long time. The shortest amount, Farouk did a whole 18 seconds. The man with the most eliminations, well, that's pretty easy. Rikishi had seven. He eliminated Boss Man, Bob Backlund, Edge, Gang. He did not eliminate Bob Backlund. That's incorrect. Anyway, he eliminated seven people. Jericho eliminated Backlund. But uh, there you go. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this pay-per-view overall? Oh, I love this pay-per-view. I really It do. went by really fast. It's it easy does. to watch. It's not one that I had to stop and be like, I don't know if I can make it, boys, because there are some <laughs> pay-per-views that we've watched that I definitely had to stop and say. You had to second-guess or think, or break it up anyway into a couple of days. Yes. I did not know. I did not think that I could make it through, but I did. Patrick, on our rating scale of Hornswoggle to Giant Gonzalez, Royal Rumble 2000 featuring the street fight between Mick Foley and Triple H. I'm, I'm biased. I'm biased. I love the match. I love the uh, Cactus Jack Triple H match. Uh, I'm, going, I'm going with a, uh, a Giant Gonzalez. So. Wow, that's pretty high. That's as high as you can go. Yeah. I just think, man, overall I can't rate it that high. I just can't do that. I will give this one a test, a underinflated test, not as inflated as we would see later on. In the rebirth of ECW. Yeah, that's right. So now it's my pick for next week, and I haven't thought about it until just now, so give me a second so I can All right. figure something out. Uh, just because I didn't pick one, I'm going to pick just a totally random one that has really... No tie-in whatsoever? No relevance into today's world, but we'll do I'm, it anyway. I'm sure I can find some relevance in it, but... Oh, I'm sure once we watch it, we can we can find some stuff. We'll do Clash of the Champions 18. It took place on January 21st, 1992, so almost a little over 26 years ago, Patrick, was Clash of the Champions 18, headlined by Sting and Steamboat taking on Austin and Rick Rude in a tag team match. So I bet that's going to be a good match. Cactus Jack in a Falls Count Anywhere match against Van Hammer. So maybe it'll be almost as good as the match we just saw. Maybe. Of course, you also get Johnny B. Bad with Richard Morton, PN News, and Diamond Dallas Page. Oh, man, we got a PN News. <laughs> the PN News sighting, man. <sighs> Dustin Rhodes, The Natural, Barry Windham, and Rodden Simmons will take on Arn, Bobby Eaton, and Larry Zbysko, The Dangerous Alliance. Heck, yeah. There you go. Clash of the Champions 18 because, well, I didn't really think about my pick for this week until just now. So you can get all our episodes by simply searching Retro Wrestling Podcast in your podcast app if you have not done so. You can take us on the road with you if you listen on SoundCloud. Uh, if you're listening on your podcast app already, you don't need that information. RetroWrestlingPodcast.com. The Retro Wrestling Podcast Facebook page is where you can find us. Where they, where where can people find you, Patrick? I am either on the uh, Facebook page with us, or um, I'm going to be at Patrick Young or Patrick Young Wrestling. If you type that into your search engine on Facebook, it'll bring me up. Can't miss me. I'm Intern Alex. I'm the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Saying, as always, my closing line's a clothesline. Bingo, bango. See you next week. Oh, by the way, since we're taping this on a Saturday, we're taping it before the Royal Rumble, so 
I can just edit this part in, but uh, man, that Royal Rumble was crazy. I can't believe that Roman Reigns won again. I ah, can't believe that. I hope not. Or, man, that Rumble was crazy this year. I can't believe Shinsuke Nakamura took the whole thing home. Finn Balor. <laughs> man, Finn Balor is what going. a performance. Finn Balor knocked it out of the park. I got a feeling Finn Balor and the Balor Club are going to just take over. And I can't, man, John Cena winning another Royal Rumble and this heading into WrestleMania to break the streak against Brock. I can't believe they went this direction, but what a performance by John Cena. Doing it again. This guy is just the best there ever was. Absolutely. Oh, and in the female, I can't believe Ronda Rousey came. I mean, total surprise. She said she'd be out of the country. Sneak in. I knew it was going to happen. It was my pick last week. It's my pick again. Ronda Rousey will win the Women's Royal Rumble, and I was right. You were right, man. I should have never doubted you. Or maybe it's, man, I cannot believe that Stephanie McMahon won the very first Women's Royal Rumble. I mean, what? Why would you do that? I can't believe that. I mean, she was supposed to be on commentary. Yeah. She came into the ring and entered the match and won the whole thing. I got a feeling. The sleeper. The sleeper. Out of nowhere, Mickey James wins the female Royal Rumble. Can't believe it. Out of nowhere. It's really no surprise Asuka won the Royal Rumble. I mean, she's undefeated, so. Yeah, Asuka's Asuka's going on to WrestleMania, and so uh, let's see who she she decides to challenge. I can't believe that James Ellsworth won the female Royal Rumble. It's really insulting, you know. I can actually believe that. I can't believe Santina Morella won the Royal Rumble. It's crazy what happens in this world of professional wrestling. Okay, well, those will be edited down, or I might just leave them in there so you can pick the one that that actually happened. One of those is going to actually happen. Yeah. Sorry. All right, that's it. Or I can't believe Randy Orton repeated as Royal Rumble. No, no way. Okay, see you later.